there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, today I have another treat for you, another bonus episode, another summer movie. And of course, that movie I'm talking about today is 1994's The Little Rascals. This movie actually just celebrated 20 years six years ago. All right, let's go through the cast. We have Travis Tedford playing Spanky. We got Bug Hall as Alfalfa. Bug Hall actually, is in, he's been in quite a few things in, in the 90s. Let me look at his um, credits in the 90s here. Hey, Quinn. But he, uh, yeah, The Little Rascals was his debut movie. That's pretty awesome to get the late, I mean, it's basically Alfalfa and Spanky's movie, and then of course you have all the other little rascals. He played a character named, oh, the story of Abraham Lincoln's presidency told from the perspective of his son, Tad, with Chris Christopherson playing Abraham Lincoln. All right, interesting. It's a TV movie in 95. We got the Big Green. He plays Newt Shaw. So he's got like shoe polish black hair in the Little Rascals. He comes back in the Big Green with a blonde mullet. He plays Buster Stupid in the Stupids. I think the Stupids was like a book series, I remember. The Munster's Scary Little Christmas TV movie <laughs> was Eddie Munster. And of course, 97, we had him playing. 10-year-old Adam Zelinsky in Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. He's done some voice work, too, it looks like. Um, a movie called Skipped Parts with Jennifer Jason Lee, the late Brad Renfro, Mishka Barton from The O.C., Drew Barrymore. He was in a Disney movie called Get, Get a Clue from 2002. It's actually available on Disney+, Plus, which is awesome. And it looks like, oh, yeah, he was actually in the OC, an episode of The O.C., Season 3, episode 15, The Heavy Lifting. It looks like he also updated his uh, IMDb. He was in one of those straight-to-video American Pie films. Oh, that must be him next to Eugene Levy. Cool. Good for him. Oh, uh, he was also in an episode of uh, the new 90210. All right, so he's, he's doing stuff. That's awesome. He sang a song in Baby Driver. I'm not, I have that movie. i got to watch it. He also sang You Are So Beautiful and The Air That I Breathe in The Little Rascals. Oh, and he's credited as a performer for Great Green Gobs of Greasy Grimy Gopher Guts. Uncredited. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. We got Travis Tedford, who really, other than The Little Rascals, he really had little bit parts. Um, I especially remember him. He... Travis Tedford is Spanky. He did those Welch's Juice commercials. And the girl who played in the last season of Step by Step as Lily. If you, it always seems like all these shows always had a kid towards the end. In the very last season, they aged them up at least by like three or four years. Fresh Prince did it. Growing Pains, Family Ties, not Step by Step, yeah. Let's see, we got Brittany Aston Holmes. She plays Darla. So it looks like um, she, like Travis Hedford, really hadn't 
done a whole, whole lot. We got some, uh, the boy who plays Stymie, Kevin James, Jamal Woods. We got Jordan Farkle, who plays Froggy. Now, I knew this kid was in some episodes of, um, Seventh Heaven back in the day. Oh, he was in a episode. Never mind. Oh, he also did, uh, Bug's Life. He was Ant Number Two. And he was on Baywatch as Frightened Kid. Well, I mean, you're getting work. The Shaggy Dog TV movie. He played Moochie Dan Daniels. And it's kind of funny because this TV movie of the Shaggy Dog from 94, we got Scott Winder who played, did the voice of Aladdin. He's also from Full House and Fuller House playing Wilby Daniels. Another one of these um, Disney movies that actually I think does a little bit better than uh, some of the theatrical ones. I said the same thing today about the Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. The F Freaky Friday movie. You know there's the original with Jodie Foster, which I think is good. You got the Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Cur Curtis one. Jamie Lee Curtis, which is good. And then you have the awesome Freaky Friday Disney Channel 99, 1995 with Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman. Hell's yes. Hands on my fave. My fave. Alright, we got Zachary Mabry who plays Porky and this was the only movie he did. But this young boy who plays Buckwheat, well, you guys would recognize him because remember how I said the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air baby Nikki was aged up in the last, like, season or two? This kid played baby Nikki. He played Will Smith's cousin. And speaking of Will Smith and Ross Bagley, he plays Dylan in Independence Day. So he plays uh, Will Smith's, I'm guessing, like, girl, it's his girlfriend's son or it's maybe his stepson or something from what I gather we got Cortland Mead who plays uh-huh he's been in stuff too he has been in the tv movie The Shining the really shitty one <laughs> um but yeah a lot of these kids well not a lot but some of them are definitely the voice work they're oh my gosh do we have another <laughs> These kids are all connected to a Bugs Life movie. They all did a voice. Cortland Mead did Fly. He did... Is he doing anything right now? Uh, voice work. Definitely voice work. That's great. Good for you, Cortland. Alright, we got Sam Saletta doing the... Uh, <laughs> playing Butch. He was also in 7th Heaven um, from 97 to 2001. He played George. So, uh, you guys, if you're Full House fans, remember Derek S. Boyd, Michelle's friend? Well, he's playing rich boy Waldo. This is Blake Mc McElver, McLeaver, Ewig? I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name. All right, we got, uh, okay, we got to go with the cameos. You ready? You ready for these cameos? Okay. Mel Brooks. Whoopi Goldberg, Daryl Hannah, Reba McIntyre, the Olsen Twins, Raven Simone, Leah Thompson, 
President Donald Trump, who he wasn't president in 94, but George Went of Cheers. Oh my goodness. This is, let's see if I recognize any of these other names. I really, I'm not, oh, there are, of course, a bunch of kids, you know, because they have so many rascals. So this person is credited as Froggy. I'm guessing this is the person that does the voice for the kid. Because I don't think his voice normally sounds like that. Alright, the director for this movie is Penelope Spiris. I'm sure I mispronounced her name too. So the movie before she made this one, she made a she made got uh she made Wayne's World. Directed that. Beverly Hillbillies, a year before Little Rascals came out, she directed Black Sheep. Let's see, anything else I would actually recognize? Um, doesn't look like it. Alright, cool. Okay, let's see here. Alright, we got some reviews, we got some, we got trivia, we got goofs, we got soundtracks. Okay, let's go with the taglines first. Okay. Boys will be boys, girls will be girls, but this summer they'll all be little rascals. And of course, the other tagline, mischief loves company. I'm going to go with the first one, boys will be boys, girls will be girls, but this summer they'll all be little rascals. So that's adorable. So this movie actually was released August 5th, 1994. Oh my gosh, this was like 19 days before I turned 12. All right, let's look at some trivia real quick. Aw, this is sweet. Before filming each day, Penelope Spiris would hug each child after to ensure closeness and trust in the group. That's great. During filming for the ballet scene, Bug Hall and Travis Tedford wanted to learn the choreography, but instead were instructed to goof off. This one, I'm not sure if it's true. Some of the surviving cast members of the original Little Rascals series were upset that they were not asked to participate in this movie. Really? They were? This film liberally borrows gag situations, setups, costumes, and plots from many of the shorts that made up the original R-Gang Little Rascals movie series. Some examples. Hook and Ladder, 1932, The Gang is Firefighters. High Neighbor, 1934, Building the Go-Kart, a fire engine in the original, knocking over the pedestrian on the sidewalk. Anniversary Trouble, 1935, The High Slash High Sign, the only shot in which it promptly featured, it's prompt, okay. Hearts Are Thumps, 1937, The He-Man Woman Haters Club, The Gang Spiking Alfalfa and Darla's Lunch, Alfalfa is Bubble Song, Russian Ballet, 1937, Alfalfa and Spanky in Drag at a Ballet Recital. The costumes are exact duplicates of the originals. Male, M-A-I-L, and female, 1937, once again, The He-Man Woman Haters Club, The Love Note, First Messenger, Buckwheat, and Second Messenger, Porky. Auto Antics, 1939, The Go-Kart Race, Three Smart Guys, 1943, Buckwheat and Porky, Catching One Another's Fishing Hook, and Trying to Annoyingly Reel Each Other In. Director Penelope, I'm just going to call her Penelope, admits the biggest challenge of filming was working with the younger kids as they often had problems saying their lines properly. During the 20th anniversary photo shoot, Ross Bagley revealed he improvised the famous We Got a Dollar number. 
So this is kind of interesting, whether or not this is true or not, because it is IMDb trivia. Anyone could put anything there. In a TV interview, it was revealed by the cast that, in reality, the children playing Darla and Spanky were boyfriend and girlfriend. They're eight years old. They don't need to be boyfriend and girlfriend, even in 1994. In the scene where Spanky is dressed in a tutu and wig trying to distract Butch and Woim so Alfalfa can escape, you can hear Spanky humming the Little Rascals theme song. I, I remember him humming something, so this time around I really want to listen and, and see if I can pick that up. In this film, Spanky has a southern accent, whereas in the original, our gang shorts, he spoke more like a New Yorker. So as I usually like to do with the user reviews, if you're new to the podcast, I like to always get a t- one that's a 10 out of 10. And another one that's like a 1 out of 10, like really, really bad, or something as close to a 1 as humanly possible. And again, if you're also, if you're new to the podcast, how I do this is I go through the entire movie. So you get your drinks, your snacks, you settle in, we're gonna go through the whole movie. And I'm gonna, I, I, I love this because I have so much fun re-watching these movies. And usually the reviews really end up being at least like over two and a half to three hours. It really depends on the movie and how much stuff I jump into and all that fun stuff. So, all right. Of course, before I get into the movie officially, I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. Facebook. Just type in Wonder Years Podcast or looking back at my Wonder Years Podcast. It will pop up on Facebook. Also, Instagram, L-B-O-M Wonder Years Podcast, to follow along and find out what movies I'm going to be, what movies I've already covered, what ones I plan to cover. So, with summer more than halfway over with, here's what I'm looking at doing. So, I'm covering The Little Rascals. Next month, I hopefully should be able to get to The Babysitter's Club and Lindsay Lowen's Parent Trap as a per-requested episode from podcast listener Nicole. So, alright, without further ado, let's look at these two reviews real quick, and then we'll jump into the movie. Alright, here we go. 10 out of 10. This review is from 2006. Titled, You Gotta Hand It To Him. Warning, spoilers. Okay. I first saw this movie when I was really young. When it came out in Britain, it was like what Batman Begins was like back in 2005. You had to see it. I almost wanted to lash out at certain magazines and other reviewers as they only gave this film a one-star rating out of five. What's not to like about this movie? Okay, so the acting wasn't exactly high standard, but they were kids. And they did a good enough job for my liking. I am still using some of their quotes this day, and I am in college for Christ's sake. As jokes, people will accuse me of something and ask me how I played. Like this is the reply I am always giving. Like this is the reply I am always giving. Even when I wake up in the morning with a section of hair sticking up. Oh, I always have my mom saying, you have the hair of that boy of that kid's movie, Alfonso. For the last time, it's Alfalfa! Waves hand beneath chin. The high sign, yeah, I got it. (laughs) This was a cute review. I mean, out of the ones I was looking at, like, this, I, I wanted it to be a review of somebody who had seen it as a, as a kid and was watching it again as an adult. 
Okay, here we do. We do have a 1 out of 10. Oh my gosh, listen to this title. Very inappropriate. Inappropriate. This is from 2018 of August. I turned this off after about 20 minutes because I'll file for... And I'll, I'll file for... I probably misspelled. <laughs> Darla, keep kissing each other. These are very young kids, and I don't think that showing them kissing all the time is appropriate. For a children's movie. Without our hypersexual society the way it is, I don't see the point in adding it to a children's movie. Um, yeah, this was 1994. I can tell you right now, they weren't kissing all the time. If anything, they're kissing what? On the face? Or I don't think they're kissing lips. On lips. I think it was on the face. Chillax. Alright, real quick before I get into the movie. The dog who plays Petey, he will later star in Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco in 1996 as Chance. Yes, the dog in the first movie and the dog in the second movie in the sequel are not the same dog. Same thing goes for the dog who plays Shadow, also voiced by a different actor. But we're not covering Homeward Bound and Homeward Bound 2 today. We're covering the Little Rascals movie. All right, let's jump into this. It's been quite a while since I've watched it. So I just, I know I'm going to have so much fun. And it's funny because uh, Leah Thompson has a cameo in this movie. And I just covered Dennis the Menace. <laughs> All right, let's jump into this. All right, so the movie opens up on Spanky's front porch. He's sitting there next to Petey, who I'm guessing Petey is Spanky's dog. Like I said, I've never watched the Little Rascals R Gang shorts, so I'm not sure. I thought maybe he belonged to all the kids, like they found him. But I honestly think that Petey is Spanky's dog. And now, for all you kids out there that may not know this, before text messaging, Snapchat, all that stuff, the way to get a hold of your friend other than a telephone was to write a letter or a note in crayon, attach it to your dog's collar, and hope that he knows the way to your friend's house, and hope that your friend is home. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot of hopes there. But it basically says, because he shuts the, and he writes in black crayon, it says, emergency meeting, be there or die, Spank, any signs of Spanky. That is a pretty house there. I like that structure, and I'm not an architect, but it's cute. And Spanky's like, go get him, Petey, and then Petey is on his way to collect the little rascals. Let him know, like, hey... Goes to the ball field, because that's where he's going to find Stymie. That dog jumps that little fence like a champ. Good for him. Stymie's playing baseball. He's like, oh, let me, what do you got there, Petey? You got a note on your collar? Let me see what that's about. Oh, he's like, Petey, what's up, pup? <laughs> that's cute. So someone hits a home run, and it almost goes over that little fence, but luckily Stymie, who's wearing a bowler cap, takes his hat off just in time and catches the ball with his hat because he threw his mitt on the ground. And of course, Petey's off to go and get the rest of the little rascals and give them a heads up. And we see in the cloud, beautiful clouded sky, the little rascals in white font. 
Oh, as Petey's racing through town, we see Hillside Market and Deli ice cream dairy products. And that area looks kind of sketchy because it's basically almost looks like a liquor store with a window that has the open glowing sign, but it's got bars on that little window. It just makes me nervous. I guess this, that's clearly a liquor store. It's got a couple guys in a card table playing checkers or chess or what have you. Do they still have newspapers? Not the stands, but you know, like, when you put in, like, money and you get a paper? Oh my gosh, another thing. <laughs> phone boats! Not phone boats, but the, the, the phone, like, you go for a, a payphone. Not the actual booth booth that you stand in. But also, another thing, county fair go-kart der derby. And a talent show. Of course, if you didn't know it was froggy that... Petey was going for, that little frog on that brick retaining wall right by his house is a dead giveaway. This dog is a genius. Look, he's touching the doorbell with his paw. He is so smart. He's like, I can't do a horse voice. I, I really can't. And I think that because that lady was credited as froggy, so she's clearly doing his that froggy voice. Oh my gosh, there is another frog up there on the porch on that, it looks like a bench that you could sit on and you could put your, you can open it, the bench opens so that way you can put your shoes inside too. That's cool. That house could definitely use a paint job on the outside. Whew. All right, we got two down. Let's find out where the other, oh yeah. Buckwheat and Porky, they're fishing, and this is where they get the hooks, like, caught against each other. That's adorable. But it's so funny how the kids, like, they think, look, I got a big whopper, it's a big one. And they're both pulling, of course, they're, like, facing away from each other, and while one is, like, pulling on the rod and the, the fishing reel, you know, the, uh, well, you know. Long story short... Porky's the one that ends up falling in the water because when Petey comes around, he grabs onto Buckwheat, causing Porky to fall in the water. And Porky gets out of the water because they're just on a dock there, and he finds the letter. Where is this supposed to be set, Los Angeles? Because I see palm trees and a big cityscape. So their clubhouse is pretty much just hodgepodge put together with whatever junkyards they could raid. It looks like it's dilapidated, it's falling apart, but then again, when you look, just find, like, broken whatever you can find, boards that lean against each other and stuff like that, that's basically, it's a, it's a hazard just waiting to just crumble and be condemned. First, we get the first look of Butch and Woim. Woim is a spiky-haired red-headed mulleted boy and butch of course black leather jacket backwards cap curly brown hair also got a mullet same as froggy three mullet kids in this movie so far we'll see if there are any more mullets so as long as the kids that are coming had do the high sign which is a little wave hand wave underneath the chin they can go in because Froggy's kind of making sure, like, you can only go in if you go know the sign. One person does not know the sign and is like, get out of here. No, you're not a true little rascal. Bye. Oh, Porky is 
and uh, Buckwheat show up, and it's like, wrong sign, Porky, because he's picking his nose. Aw, Elmer the monkey, that's adorable. <sighs> Put you in wine. Go away. Just go away. So Froggy closes the door, and on it, the door is painted red, and in white lettering it says, He-Man Woman Haters Club. We got he-man, we got woman, spelled W-O-M-U-N, and then haters, the T is definitely bigger than the other letters, and then club. Of course, Stymie presents their president of the club, Spanky. As Spanky comes in, he's shaking hands with everybody, and then he mentions to Buckwheat, your fly's open. <laughs> so Stymie puts his hand up, raise your right hand, and he rolls his eyes. Your other right hand, and we said the kids get the right, the correct hand up. So he's pretty much saying their mission statement, their oath. They probably say that at the beginning of every club meeting. It's like I, Stymie, do solemnly swear to be a he-man and hate women and not play with them or touch them or talk to them unless I have to, and especially never fall in love. Kids. You're eight years old. You're not falling in love with any member of the opposite sex unless it's a family member. And even then, it's going to be a... This is the longest pledge. It's like, and never fall in love. And if I do, may I die slowly and painfully and suffer for hours. Or until I scream bloody murder. And then Spanky takes over the rest of it. Do solemnly swear to be a he-man woman hater. So we get a lot of this between Butch and Moim whenever it comes to them. Like, you think of what I'm thinking, Moim? It's like, yeah, what are you thinking? I'm thinking how much fun it's going to be to stop those guys in the race. Like, ugh. Good grief getting trying to get through that whole... They got to do that every meeting? That's insane. he called this it's an emergency meeting no no one's died no one's in a hospital we don't gotta go and make get well cards or anything like that but before i make the special announcement for the reason why i called this emergency meeting anyone got any good stories anyone have any uh encounters of the feminine kind so, Buckwheat's like, yeah, I got a story. This morning, my sister left the toilet seat down, and all the boys are like, Bleh. You'll be thanking your sister, Buckwheat, when you go to take a number two, and you don't fall into the toilet. So, I listened to another review on The Little Rascals, and one person had kind of said that Froggy's story here... Because he says a girl moved in across the street from him, came over to play. And they're like, oh, what'd you do? What'd you do? He's like, I whipped out my lizard. And of course, this 
person who made this comment about the re- when they reviewed the movie said, is that like a slang for, you know, his hoo-ha. And then he whips out his pet lizard. It's not Liz, is it? <laughs> no, wait, wasn't Liz like an iguana kind of something like that, right? From the Magic School Bus? Sadly, the author of the Magic School Bus has passed away, by the way. If you didn't know that. Now you know. Okay, this dog who played Chance 2.0 two years later and Petey has got this trick mastered where he takes his two front paws, places them on the top of his head. Like, oh boy. Oh brother. Of course, Uh uh-huh is the one who's getting the minutes down. And Spanky's like, you getting this, Uh uh-huh? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. I love Elmer the monkey dressed in this adorable little overall outfit and a little hat. It's so cute. Isn't it cute, Quinny? She's sleeping. So, of course, the matter at hand, the reason for the emergency meeting is the blur. It's their car they've had. It's never been beaten. Five years running. And it's going to continue that streak in the downhill derby race. I almost said drag race. Oh, God. (laughs) But, you know, they got to, you know, pick a winner who's going to be the one to um, represent the little rascals and and the blur. And, of course, A.J. Ferguson. (laughs) Why do I sound like I just had a southern accent there for a second? race car driver special appearance by A.J. Ferguson. This is 1994. Have they, they've clearly never seen this person. And of course, A.J. can be synonymous for like Andrew James. It can be synonymous for Amelia Jane, just whatever. It could be, that could be either A.J. Ferguson. It could be a guy or a girl. But how they know of the name, but they've never seen a picture of this person. And Tommy's like, he's the best driver in the whole world. Again, with the whole... Unless the idea that it, they think it could be a female. No, no, it can't be a girl. No, I mean, we don't like... We're, we hate girls. Remember the He-Man Woman Haters Club? Yeah. So the idea of this person, this A.J. Ferguson, being a lady is just... No, that's unacceptable. That's like how I feel about Nermal is a female, even though in the comics she's a he. I just, I, I can't. Just no. In my mind, the eyelashes, the voice. I'm going by the Saturday Morning Garfield and Friends cartoon. Nermal will always be female to me. What is an Azuga? So I tried to look that up. I don't, it, it's a term of sorts. Probably, most likely referring to our gang, I would guess. What's a Mizuga? Because, I almost called him Frankie. <laughs> Froggy's like, can I get an Azuga? And everyone's like, Azuga, 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 Azuga. And Spanky's like, hey, nice Azugas. What is that, like a chant or a cheer, I'm guessing? And now the reason for the emergency meeting. The choosing of the driver. <laughs> driver should be a man who's all he-man. A he-man so manly that if he fell off a building and go out of his way and land on a girl. 
that's not that fun. You're just now noticing he's gone. So yep, looks like uh, Alfalfa's gonna be the chosen one, the driver in this uh, this race. Sweet. And of course, Spanky's like, oh, it's my one and only ride or die pal. He doesn't say ride or die because it's 1994. But Alfalfa, his best buddy. And it's like, where is Alfalfa? I'm like, you just. Notice he was not there. You'd think Alfalfa would be standing next to... You'd think that he and Spanky would be co-presidents. Or at least Alfalfa would be in the front row. He'd be up there in the front. But no, we find out where Alfalfa is. is. He's in a rowboat, in a little pond, singing his heart out to his one and only true love, Darla. I just tried to look up some fan fiction. I didn't find Jack Diddley. I found nothing. It's funny because it literally his hair is clearly got to be normally like maybe sandy blonde, you know, strawberry blonde, what have you. So they must have like colored it with, it just looks like shoe polish. Anyway, why I'm saying that it, it really makes... Bug Hall, who plays Alfalfa, it makes his freckles on his face, like, really stand out. Kid, he is a swooner. He is a crooner. He's really putting himself out there for this girl. And really, he doesn't have to try that hard because she's already... Darla is already infatuated with him. I love how she's sitting there next to him in the rowboat. She's got a little parasol to keep the sun off of her. And it's just... Aww... Touches your chin. Adorable. And they can't hear any of that going on. Fish and pole. Can you use it like a boom mic? Sort of wondering if maybe you'd like to sing with me. 
Oh, they do kiss on the lips. Okay. Well. <laughs> so I looked it up on IMDb. Brittany, who plays Darla, was born in 89. Bug Hall, who plays Alfalfa, was born in 1985. So there is clearly a four-year age difference, whereas he was nine and she was... Five. There's a. I. I just looking at them both. She just looks like she's at least a few years younger than he is. So she. He's like nine and she's like six. But I'm sure their characters are like close in age. But she. Like I said, she just looks so much younger. And a lot of the kids were. The boy who plays Porky was the. I think the youngest out of all of them was born in 1990. But all these other kids are born like 86, 87, 88, 89. So, of course, Alfalfa is laying on these beautiful, beautiful words to his darling Darla. We are two hearts, but with one beat. Two brains, but with one thought. Two souls, but with one shoe. Because he's thinking... I think in his mind, he's thinking S-O-U-L as in our souls. But then since he can't come up with something that goes along with it, he's like, well, shoes have a soul. So it's like, and she goes with it. It's like, yeah, he's saying sweet nothings to her. It's adorable. Of course, honestly, really, these words have no effect on her because she immediately is like, Okay, well then why do you belong to that silly woman haters club? Because she's like, I'm a woman, sort of. It's like, yeah, you are a girl. And you're apparently representing everything that club goes against. So, Alfalfa lets Darla in on a little secret. And I can't believe the kids don't already. I mean, they already see that he's with her. They got the fishing pole with the can, so it kind of amplifies. It's almost like a boom mic. And it's funny because neither Darla nor Alfalfa even noticed the cans there. He's like, I'm not like those guys. I'm a sensitive male. And I'm in touch with my feminine side. Okay. He says he's into sharing, caring, healing, and feeling. So this kind of, we have many different facets to this movie. Not just the romance of Alfalfa and Darla, but the other kids with the racer, the, the blur that they're going to be racing. We also have Darla's bringing up the talent shows coming up at the fair. I would love it if you would sing with me. We could sing a duet together. So of course, Alfalfa can't believe it's here. It's like, wow, you mean it? I mean, I would be honored. I, I, sure. What better way to profess your love to the girl you love or person you love than by putting it on public display for everybody to see? Well, everybody that fits inside a tent. So he's like, oh, that's great. Hey, how about I'll take you on a picnic tomorrow? He's just spouting off this waxing poetically like well in his mind the way you feed my soul i'll feed your face and she wants him to prove himself to prove you're proud of me hey let's have it in your clubhouse 
basically it's kind of like a what a put up or shut up type of thing like hey you say that you are not like your friends who belong to the woman haters club how about you prove that you're not embarrassed by me because i'm a girl and that we're not in this secret relationship that you want to every your friends to know that you're with me let's have it at your clubhouse and all the kids that are on the bridge above like what wait what excuse me his clubhouse which I honestly think that it's not just Alfalfa's. It's maybe his and Spanky's. And then they started the club and they got the other kids to, you know, join. And just the look of shock on Alfalfa's face. Like, <gasps> his eyes, like, bug out. Like, uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is swimming day. Great. What does that mean? Swimming day for him or for his friends? Like, oh, the place is going to be not even occupied. Everyone's, like, going swimming. So, sure, why not? I noticed this as she's like, oh, Alfalfa, you're the, where she says you're a sweetie poo and then pats down his colic. You, that's right. You don't see her lips move on that line towards the end of it. And I was surprised. I thought they just did cheek kisses, but no, they kiss on the lips. A five-year-old and a nine-year-old. Mm, I, I mean, I know, guys, I was a kid in 94. I get it. Kids, like, but now, no. There's so many things in this movie you would not be able to get away with. This being, today, being, this being one of them. I definitely would not be kissing on the lips. And, of course, up pops Alfalfa's cowlick, which, in another review, someone's like, oh, is this kind of like a euphemism or whatever for, like, erection? It's like, no, come on. Why are we going to be perverts about it? We don't got to be perverts about it. They're children. They're children. This is kind of, it's probably more coincidental than anything else, but. So he's got the dark, they both have dark hair. She's wearing a light shirt, like sleeveless top. Darla is. There's a white duck swamp, whatever. And then there's like, two, three, like four or five, like dark fur ducks or feathered ducks. I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of cute. Okay, so we do a little cutbacks to Butch and Woim, which, hey, these characters can go fly a kite. I don't care about them at all. They're testing out the Beast, which is their racer for the big race. They're going along a back alley, and stuff just starts falling off of this racer. All the way to the point of the steering wheel falling off. That's great. Was this movie just shot in a bad part of town? Because it just, it makes it, the town, just, where they fit, it just, it looks, like, run down. Alfalfa looks so adorable. He's wearing a tux. He's got some flowers for his girl. He's like, everything's working out great. Guys are at the swimming hole. And he came up with a lie saying he was at home with a toothache. I'm like, huh. He is none the wiser that his friends were listening via fishing pole and tin can. Of course, you know they want to catch him in that lie. So, of course, he crosses paths with Butch and Woim. Like, hiya, Butch! And he's like, shut up! When's the last time we beat you up? It's like, let's see, today's the 10th. 30 days past September. Let me see, like, it's April, June, and November. What? That sounds like something I've heard before. Okay, oh, I could. It says 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31. 
Oh, okay, I get it. 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31. And February's great with 28. And leap years, February's fine with 29. 30 days has September. Okay, I get you. I get you. I get you. If that's how that goes. Oh, and because he does that, it's not a leap year. <laughs> Butch has just got his bottom lip just sticking out like really angry. And it almost looks like he's kind of sh lightly shaking his head when Alfalfa's like, it's not a leap year. Uh, yesterday? It's like, you're due. And they just take off running after him. Yeah, this area, where did they film? This area looks so unsafe. We see storefronts with bars on windows, Buds, Red Hots, Reno, Vegas. We see a palm tree, so it's gotta be somewhere, maybe in California, but... Ugh. So, Alfalfa gets Butch and Wem to chase him into Earl Scheib Auto Paint. Why does that name sound familiar? From the Nutty Professor movie with Eddie Murphy. He made a joke during that comedian show with Dave Chappelle. Something about he gets his toenails painted, or his mom is so fat. She gets her toenails painted at Earl Scheib. Like, oh, now I get it, because Earl Scheib auto-painting. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyone else ever play hopscotch in the schoolyard? Because I like how they got a handmade, the uh, hand, uh, chalk hopscotch, homemade hopscotch in their little, in Darla's walkway. She's pacing, waiting for alfalfa. He's running for his life with next to no flowers left. Shirt's untucked. He's sweaty. Poor kid. He's like, I've come a courting. And he hands her, there's like one white daisy left on that whole gaggle of flowers he had for her. Again, they go to kiss, but this Doberman pops out of nowhere and just leaps on alfalfa. Like, where did this dog come from? Poor Alfalfa screaming his head off. This dog is, like, right in, like, inches from his face, just growling and slobber, just blech. Of course, we see a driver of a, I guess it's, like, a Mercedes-Benz or something. Yeah, this neighborhood looks, with the houses, they look very nice. This driver's like, Fifi, come here, Fifi. Why is it always the dogs that are, like, aggressive-looking? Well, uh, well, like, the Doberman here's name is... They always have some, like, fancy-schmancy name, like Fifi or Princess or... I don't know. Um, that is a male dog named Fifi, but whatever. I never noticed that town now. Like, that dog's got some balls on it. Yikes. Oh, this guy's like, oh, good dog. He's like a servant driver or whatever for this vehicle. Or whoever is in this vehicle. It's like, good dog. It's like, that dog almost mauled a child. You should be arrested, sir. Eric S. Boyd, or as we call him in this movie, Waldo. That dog ripped Alfa... Uh, I almost called him Alfonso. <laughs> ripped Alfalfa's suit jacket. It's like, I hope Fifi didn't startle you. She's so playful. Really? Is that how she plays with her teeth? Can't tell if he said he or she. Listen to this. I hope Fifi didn't startle you. She's so playful. Here we go. Someone else who loves to spout poetry whenever they look at Darla. You, miss, are a rare rose in a garden of weeds. 
Like you have the sophistication of a woman of 12. You just met this girl. You haven't even heard her talk. And this kid with the... the he's nothing but a... Ugh. Even El, Alfalfa... I play... I hope I don't call him Alfonso the whole movie. I haven't. But he's even like, what? Who is... Where did this guy come from? He's scamming out my girl. He's got the longest name... Oh my gosh, Wallow Aloysius Johnston the Third. <sighs> of course, Alfalfa does the I'm Alfalfa with a hand in front of its face in a circular motion. Like, yes, I'm sure you are. I hope Fifi didn't startle you. He's so playful. Forgive my effrontery, but you miss are a rare rose in a garden of weeds. You have the sophistication of a woman of 12. <gasps> My name is Waldo Aloysius Johnston III. I'm Alfalfa. Yes, I'm sure you are. <sighs> and I'm Darla. We just moved into town. My father bought the oil refinery. That explains why you're so refined. Yeah, and so oily. Watch it, bud. <laughs> I hope to see you again soon. That could be arranged. I'll be appearing in the talent show coming up. Yeah, the two of us will both be singing a duet together. How redundant. Thank you. Well, I shall be going now. Whoa. <laughs> What a hunk! Girl, isn't that your boyfriend? He's smoother than a baby's bottom, and he smells better too. So yeah, looks like uh, Waldo's dad bought the oil refinery in town, wherever they're located. Who knows? And <laughs> Darla's like, "Oh wow, that explains why you're so refined." And Hellfell was like, "Yeah, and so oily." And of course, Waldo just glares in his direction, like, watch it, bud. And I'm like, hey, at least Alfalfa has his adult front teeth. I mean, Waldo, I look at Waldo, I'm like, you got the majority, 98% of your teeth that still have to fall out of your head before you get your adult teeth. So, why don't you back up? Because you're talking to that guy's girl. I mean, Waldo's got some nerve. Like, oh, look at me. I'm wearing a suit and a tie. And I have a fancy car. And a dog named Fifi. Who almost ripped this boy's face off. So that qualifies me to flirt with this girl who's clearly four years younger than I am. Like, who does this? You don't. Clearly, she's got a boyfriend right there, even though they're kids. But you don't go up to someone who you can clearly tell is with somebody in a relationship with and start flirting with them. Like, you're lucky that Alfalfa didn't take your ass to Pound Town. He's like, so, I hope to see you again soon. And Darla's like, oh, well, that can be arranged. I'm singing in the talent competition at the fair. It's like, oh, really? I love how... Alfalfa gets right in like, yeah, the two of us, as a me and my girl, are going to be singing a duet together. Chew on that, Waldo. 
You gotta wonder just how committed Darla is, because as soon as Waldo walks away, she's like, whoa, what a hunk. And I'm like, girl, isn't your boy toy right there next to you? You kissed him. You were going to kiss him again on the lips before Waldo even showed up. So I gotta kind of wonder, like, mm, Darla, are you as committed to this? I mean, they're children, of course. They're not gonna get married. They're not that, they're not going to be, like, I commit to you at six years old, we're going to go through junior high, high school, we're going to get married, all the, we're going the whole nine yards here. The curly haired blonde girl, when the other girl, the, the blondish reddish haired girl was like, he's smoother than a baby's bottom. The blonde haired girl right next to her is mouthing the words of the lines. All right, now we get to the date of the Hodgepodge uh, Woman Haters Club. He really he 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 went to town with making it look as good as humanly possible. Plastic champagne glasses. You got your grape soda. Got your candles on an ironing board. One of those pull down ironing boards. I love how as Elf is going through it, you see one of those. It looks like one of those silhouetted ladies in a dress, like, bathroom signs with a large, like, red circle with a, like, slash through it. As he puts it, he, he like, faces it down. And he's just making sure they have their privacy. They're not going to be barged in by his buddies. And Darla is just sitting there just, oh, you're so nice for bringing me here. It's almost like she's got a little bit of a southern drawl there. So yeah, I checked out filming locations, Pasadena, and also Los Angeles, California were listed, so. Oh yeah, he brings he brings a drop-down built-in ironing board that's got a candle on it. It's got one of those snowballs, which prior to seeing this movie when I was, you know, uh, 11 going on 12, I don't think I, no, I honestly do not think I'd ever had a snowball prior to this. The first time I would have had one would have been when I was an adult. Of course, all the kids and Petey and Elmer all hanging out, trying to peek in the windows. Darla's easily impressed. She's like, oh, wow, a candle at lunch. I'm dazzled. Well, it doesn't take much to impress you, kid. We see Froggy pull the grape soda through a little hole in the wall of the clubhouse. And he drains it through his shoe. Oh my goodness. Isn't that the oldest joke in the world with the whoopee cushion? Have you ever done that with the whoopee cushion? Like, played a trick on something? I've never done that. It's always been done in movies and television shows. But, of course, Alfalfa tries to play straight. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> If that were me, I'd be like, what in the heck? Ugh. Who put this here? That would be me. Get this out of here. And I'd fling it against the wall. See, we get shots between Darla and Alfalfa's lunch. And also, we get Spanky grinning maniacally. And uh, that is just nasty. It's actually, Froggy took his boot off and just drained, put the soda in there and then drained it back into the bottle through the boot. I seem to have a little farfig nougat. Uh, I'm sure you do. These kids are just, this is just too adult, like just two kids like having 
And they cling, like, to us. Darla's, like, to us. And they clink the glasses and they drink. And they're... Clearly, you can tell by their expressions, like, there's something not right about this grape soda. I've had grape soda and it does not smell like stinky feet. It doesn't taste like stinky feet either. They spit that out. I'm like, spit that out. Ugh. Darla's like, gosh, this tastes like someone poured this through an old boat. And Froggy's, actually, it's a sneaker. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at things to do. Gas explosion. Oh, oh I get it. Gas explosion. Like the fart. Yep. Sneaker juice. Did that. We got sand witches. S-A-N-D is underlined. And then we have witches. We got hot foot. Bug attack and stink bomb. I'm guessing three of those things, the last three, are not going to be... Oh, it's funny, bug attack, and the actor who plays Alfalfa, his name is Bug. Oh, this is so unhealthy! Oh! They're using cat litter, and I think that's a cat turd in there. Oh my god! Oh my god, don't! They're putting that in the sandwiches. I mean, sure, haha, huh, funny as a kid, but like, you could get really sick from that. I was like, all right, let's move on to sandwiches. The old, strap on the old feed bag, as he calls it. She's like, which one did I bring? Uh, this one. Hey, let's swap. He's like, let's swap. What's yours is, what's mine is yours and what's yours is ours. That's what yours is mine and what's mine is ours. Aww. Of course, Darla's like, you know just what to say to take a girl's breath away. Of course, Porky's like, this will take her breath away. Oh, the audible crunch. That'd be like me going over to Quinn's litter box. Shoveling out some cat litter and dumping it in my sandwich. No! They're chewing it so- Oh my god, don't swallow! I can tell- Even the dog is repulsed! Like, oh! Even I wouldn't stoop that low to eating cat sh shit and cat litter. You know something's wrong, you spit that out. You spit out the sneaker juice. It's like, wow, Porky, you know how to make a sandwich. It's like, that wasn't sand, that was kitty litter. And Buckwheat, who's holding the cat litter in the cardboard box, is like, yeah, it's pretty fresh. I'm like, oh my god. Emergency room. Stop chewing it. God, he swallowed. How are they not going to be puking their guts out later? Oh, like, all right, let's move on to dessert. So Darla bites into hers and like, what is this? And she pulls out a ring. And he got it out of a Cracker Jack box before they moved on to just giving you stickers and tattoos. I don't think in all the Cracker Jack boxes I've had, I only think I only pulled out stickers or tattoos. I think the last time I had Cracker Jack, it was like you would go to the, it's a thing that you just go to the website and then you put in a code and it just tells you like, hey, you got a free like musical download or something. Or you can download a page of Captain what have Cracker Jack and his dog or something like that and color it. So he says that he had to eat six boxes of Cracker Jacks to find it. And he said it's, it's a symbol of my undying affliction for you. Yes, he's afflicted. With love for Darla. That was not a diamond. You do not find a diamond little heart-shaped diamond ring in a Cracker Jack box unless... One of the workers, it slipped off their finger. That's probably an engagement ring. 
Is he? He's trying to like do the little like bunny like oh the little bunny nose thing. Oh, wiggle! He wiggles his ears. It's pretty awesome. Stick with what you're good at. Wiggle those ears. Forget the nose scrunching. Of course. Darla's like, I was wrong about you, Alfalfa. You're not embarrassed by the woman you love. She, she's got an accent that keeps comes out on occasion. So he's like, Darla, would you think me forward if I asked you for a big wet one? She's like, what? A kiss? I'm like, just kiss! You didn't ask, well, it's nice he's asking permission and stuff, but they've kissed like tw once or twice now. Like, why do you gotta make a big thing of it? When I think big wet one, I think, oh my gosh, he wants to lick his finger and stick it in her ear and give her a wet willy. Ugh, gross. Say <laughs> so you wanna give her a kiss. Why do you gotta, uh, whatever. Okay, they need to take PD to get fixed. So they're over this as they start pounding on the door. Like, okay, we've seen enough of this show. Clearly, they're not getting the message that they shouldn't be together. Can't take this anymore. Say like pounding on the door. Alfalfa, Alfalfa was like, "Wow, wow, wow!" And she's like, "Oh, thank you, Alfalfa." So he blows out two out of the candles, shoves the pull-down ironing board in, which of course one of them is still lit. That is going to be a cause for concern greatly momentarily. He just kind of looked at him like, "What is? What's going on?" Like, we're having a great time, and now I feel like you're wanting me to leave or giving me the brush off. So, of course, he's like, am I hurry to eat? I forgot to give you the tour. And she is already, her brows are narrowed. She's got her hands on her hips, like, okay, what is the, I just got done saying, I I knew you weren't ashamed of me, and now I'm kind of, like, thinking maybe I was right that you were. Here's the wall, here's the other wall, and here's the closet. And she's like, have you lost your mind? Why would he want, why would she want to go in the closet? For what? I mean, with you? Are you going in the closet? What? Just yeah, just as I thought. You are ashamed of me. These kids are so adult for being so young. They just, they sound so adult. He's like, no, I'm not ashamed of you. I just, I don't want the other guys to see you. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm out. Oh, here's your ring. Bye. He's like, that does it, mister. I'm out of here. And she's wagging her finger like a wife is chastising her husband. So Alfalfa is putting on this cloth, white cloth around his face to show like, oh, I'm gonna toothache. How you doing, guys? And they're all like, um, gigs up, Alfalfa. We know you don't have a toothache. Well, actually, how's a toothache, bub? Hold his wisdom teeth, he says. Really? Because Spanky's like, well, that must be why you're actually stupid. I don't think they're pulling your wisdom teeth at age eight. I don't even think by that time your wisdom teeth... I mean, when my uppers had to be taken out... Was it the upper? No, the bottom ones. The bottom ones were taken out first. And I would have been 19. And then I would have been... 23 when my upper ones had to be taken out. Well, of course, the kids want to go in the clubhouse. Like, oh no, guys, come on, it's such a nice day. Why don't we hang out here? Of course, boom, the back wall of the clubhouse is just busted down because Darla's in the blur. She was able to get out of there. Thank goodness. So, 
Alfalfa ducks his head in, sees Darla's gone, and also notices the clubhouse is on fire. <gasps> we got one of those fast motion where the kids are, it's like, I'm fast forward. We got Alfalfa passed out due to shock that the clubhouse is on fire. We got the kids all like buckwheat, porky, you guys get 911 involved. The rest of us are going to go get the, uh, the fire hose. I gotta say, these kids look so adorable in their little fire, yellow fireman slickers and hats. So they're throwing water balloons at this fire. It's not completely engulfed yet. It's mainly just at ground level. And of course, like, hey, we're gonna need some more help, get some more people. And of course, Petey's gonna do what he's gonna do, which is piss all over the fire, which I don't know if urine is a good thing to put a fire out. I'm not around a lot of fires. You know, I don't hang around campfires next to hardly at all. I mean, I don't really come up on opportunities. But anyway, I mean, it's not like I'm going to go squat over a, a campfire and say, here, let me see if this puts out the flame. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to test that theory. Clearly, you can tell when the dog lifts his leg, someone's using, it almost looks like um, that squeeze bottle that you would use to get, like, a grill started of, like, liquid smoke. Could you just see, the way it just sprays, I'm like, that dog's got a urinary issue if that's the case. Normally, it should be just a stream, not just... <laughs> Like a sprinkler gone haywire. So, of course, they do the water bucket brigade here where they fill up a bucket. There's a line of kids. And by the time it gets to the last kid, there's like barely a drop of water left in that bucket because the majority have spilled it all over the ground. All right. Now we get to go to Buckwheat and Porky waiting in line for this disgusting looking payphone. Ew. I gotta play this because honestly, this is this is funny. Whatever, just leave the phone there. How ironic! <laughs> the payphone is across the street from the fire department. Oh my god! Okay, the um, their structure, their their clubhouse is. I'm not saying it's completely engulfed in flames, but now it is, like, kind of moving its way up the structure all the way to the roof. And you just see Darla just sitting on the ground just watching it. I'm like, go home, sweetie. Why are you still there? Oh, Elmer is looking through his little tiny binoculars. All right, they made you find a hose in a near an apartment complex. Hose is not going to stretch that far. Oh, here we go with the fire hose. I did manage to get a long enough hose that would, it spreads to the fire. We got Aha uh -huh, who's turning on the hose. We got Spanky who's riding it like a it's a bunky. Uh, it's like it's the Loch Ness monster. Well, they now are Sans Clubhouse because it has been reduced to uh, burnt wood and rubble and junk. I told you it was a tetanus factory waiting to happen. Ugh. Ugh. 
Oh, so that's why Darla stayed, because apparently Alfalfa is still passed out on the ground, and she just takes that ring off, just tosses it on, like, here, we're over. How, did she call Waldo? Did he just happen to be like, hey, what's going on here? Because he comes, he is, like, right there waiting for her, like, to pick up the pieces of her shattered heart. She, oh, before she flings that ring at Alfalfa, she's like, I'm never going to speak to you as long as I live. Of course, he's still passed out, so she looks at the guys like, tell him when he comes to, guys. Tosses the ring right on his chest, like, bye. Waldo is just right there with his arm out for her to take. Like, hi, Darla, I thought that was you. He just happened to just come upon this clearing with all these kids. I'm calling bullshit. He's like, hey, how about a ride in my father's Bentley? And then over a Belgian croissant, we might talk about performing in the talent show together. Like, uh. She's like, sounds great. I had a hard day. Oh, that dang dog is with him still? I wouldn't want that dog anywhere near me. But then again, I mean, judging by Waldo's stuck-up attitude... I'm sure that that dog is probably feeding off that negative energy. That dog was probably sweetheart before she got caught up in Waldo and his negativity. His his negative energy. And that chauffeur is not helping either. He I think he's a bad influence on Waldo too. And that dog. He's a bad influence on the dog too. So as soon as Ophelpha comes to, the kids are like, our clubhouse is fried crispy. Now we have nowhere to go to talk about how much we hate women. Or He-Man Woman Haters Club. And Spanky's like, it's all your fault, Alfalfa. That, oh my god. That, I thought it was, put the rubble. There's, <coughs> they're sitting under, like, a two-by-four-ish burnt wood structure that is so completely unsound that you breathe on it and that things come I there was I swear there was nothing left in the other scene how did this I don't know now it just looks like an outdoor atrium for heaven's sake now they're gonna have a trial someone's like I think Spanky's going to find him guilty so Spanky's like all right Alfalfa how do you plead and Alfalfa is like on his knees just I, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's some pretty good pleading. And Spanky's like, well, would you like to make a statement? And Alfalfa's like, well, I, I never knew liking a girl could lead to all this. I'm like, oh, buddy, no. <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad for Alfalfa. I do. So it's like, I let my pals down, I let my club down, and my best friend, I let him down too. Okay, we learned Alfalfa's last name is Switzer. Okay, I find this a bit much. Like, I sent you to execution at dawn. What? I don't think so, kids. So apparently all the kids are for Alfalfa's execution at dawn. Pretty big words coming from a five-year-old. Or an eight-year-old, or a six however old. Luckily, Stymie is able to jump in there and say, Hey, may I suggest this court rules he be put on probation? So, pretty much the terms of this probation is that Elf 
alfalfa, there I go again, oh my goodness, alfalfa will alone be responsible for guarding the go-kart. Day and night, 24-7 supervision security guard. Well, it's not like they gotta be in school because it's summer, so I guess that's that. He's an alfalfa. <laughs> it's 8 in the morning and I'm already back on this Alfonso train. Alfalfa. It's like, you mean, you want me to spend day and night here by myself? What about the wild dingoes? Thank you, does not give a shit. He's like, deal with it. One kid's like, too bad. Another term of the probation stymie adds that Alfalfa may never again talk to, see, or even think about Darla. Or else, as stymie takes a finger and right across the throat. Spanky, of course, is going to make sure that Alfalfa doesn't think, speak, or, you know, about Darla. Like, at all. How are you going to stop someone from thinking about her? How are you going to stop him? His thoughts are his own. I think they're getting a little bit, little bit too controlling. So, clearly we can tell this is a nightmare. Darla and Alfalfa. Alfalfa are holding hand like they're swinging up on a a little hillside around and around. He's like, oh, I want to die in your arms. And Darla's like, you do? And of course, Alfalfa says, well, of course not right away. <laughs> Sir Spankus, apparently, uh, what is this? It's like a Knights of the Round Day. It's, it's just... What, medieval times or something? Da this is where Darla refers to Alfalfa as her boy toy. You just see Stymie rolling his eyes as she's like, I won't let you go. And she, of course, this is basically Alfalfa's conscience kind of being pulled in two different directions. She says, you must choose between us. This is like, yeah, like he's being torn in two different directions. He wants to... Be supportive of his friends and everything, especially Spanky, but also his love for Darla. And it's like, I love this girl. And I don't understand. Why should he have to choose? So there, Darla's like, maybe this will help you make up your mind. And she kisses him as we see a shot of thunder. And the kids are all, ah! but I swear the kids are like smiling because it's not real thunder. Okay, so wait just a second. We got two different variations. We got some in medieval gear. We got Buckwheat, Porky, Petey wearing kilts and playing the bagpipes. And Darla is just like, tell me you'll never leave me. And he's like, I'll never leave you. So Spanky's up for blood. It's like, that's it, you traitor. We must slay you before your forbidden love. Oh, before your... Forbidden love destroys our manly bond. So, yeah, basically, Alfalfa and Spanky have been best friends for a long time, and I think this is definitely coming from a place of, of jealousy in Spanky. It's like, they've been best friends since they were, you know, little, little kids. And just the idea of someone else coming in and kind of taking Alfalfa's attention away. I mean, who hasn't been there with a friend who they get into a relationship, spend all that time with that person, and you kind of feel like the third wheel, or you feel like you're being left out and everything. 
Choose or die, they start chanting. And basically, Alfalfa gets pushed off this hillside. And then he wakes up screaming. And we find out that he's got a sleeping bag right by the burn structure of the clubhouse. Oh, actually, it turns out he's not alone because all the other little rascal kids are there in their pajamas. They're basically having a sleepover, which, well, that's pretty cool. And it looks like somehow, by magic, they were able to get a tent big enough to go over the entire structure of the clubhouse. A, a tarp or something? This makes me think of, like, in the fourth Harry Potter movie with the tent. Like, oh, that tent's too small. You go in it, and it's like a palace. It's so big. Oh, he was there by himself at first, but apparently it's like, oh, ease up, buddy. It's just us. We came to keep you company. And Alfalfa is kind of, like, sitting up and like, why am I all soaking wet? And, of course, poor, we get a bedwetting joke. Porky's like, don't worry, Alfalfa. I used to have the same problem. Yeah, I figured it was a hole in the tent. It had to have been so I mean, you're literally soaking wet top to bottom. You're not, if you're lying down, your pee isn't going to be going, like, all over the place. It's pretty much going to be staying in one spot. Oh, come on. This is just a gag. Like, it's just a hole in the tent. And Spanky, like, steps on the floor, which I guess is... Part of the tarp and it squirts water right in Alfalfa's face. Oh, come on, guys. It's just a little thunder. But they're little kids. It probably freaks them out. Hey, you know, they could always do the counting method, like from Poltergeist. When they say you count every and you count the longer you count for, the farther the storm is moving. Like you count the thunder. So, Stabby's like, let me guess, you're thinking about Darla, right? It's like, no, of course not. But of course, he's like, I wonder if she's not thinking of me too. And of course, Darla's having a sleepover with her girls, which includes Raven, Simone, and the Olsen twins. As she says, why are boys such jerks? So, of course, her dark-haired friend is like, you're not thinking about alfalfa, are you? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Of course, the Olsen twins are like, are you sure? So this is kind of a back and forth between the girls' sleepover and the boys' sleepover. They're talking about how much they really don't like, the things that just gross them out about the opposite sex. Like, boys are gross, girls are nasty, Blech. Stabby's like, babes are like a bad song. Once you get them in your head, you can't get them out again. Seriously, enough with the shrieking and the thunder. Once was fine, but this is getting a bit excessive. So, of course, Darla and Spanky both at the same time are asking that age-old question, why do they have to be so different? Because everybody's different. That's what makes us unique and special. Girls get along with each other. Well, maybe when you're, like, eight, but give it another, like, four years. Give it another four years. Or five years. Let's see how well girls get along with each other then. Because they're at that young, tender age where their differences, whatever they may be, don't even matter. But once you hit that special age of 13, 14, they, I mean, these kids are in elementary school. You wait till middle school, kiddos, and you see just how well you girls get along. 
Spanky's like, boys stand up for themselves. Girls care. And boys take what's theirs. And almost, it's almost like we're hearing a lot of it from Darla and a lot of it from Spanky's end. Of course, another girl, uh, Darla, the blonde hair, I think her name is like Jane or something, says, boys won't listen. Froggy's like, all I want to do is talk. Dawson twins, they like ammonia. And of course, Stymie's like, no, we don't. Oh, Buckwheat's like, no, we don't. Like, you can't hear what the other kids are saying. <laughs> How many times are we going to scream at the thunder? This is like four or five times now. It's funny is because this was in 94, right? The Olsen twins would have had one more year on Full House. And then they also would have made It Takes Two. The Buckwheat's like giggling and gossiping. And the girls are like fighting and farting. Porky's like Barbies and bracelets. Olsen twins, buggers and bugs. Of course we want to give them as the Olsen twins as many lines as humanly possible in this movie. So it's like, ice skating. And the girl's like, bungee jumping. Froggy says synchronized swimming. But to me, if you listen to it, I'll play it in a second. It sounds like, because I always thought he said synchronized worming. Synchronized swimming. And Porky, of course, is like, you try to get him to sit still. And the girl's like, boom. And of course the boys are like, girls, <laughs> because they're under the age of eight. Of course, they're all going to be thinking the opposite sex is disgusting. Give it a decade and you won't be thinking that no more. <laughs> It'll be just like, gosh, they're so confusing. All right. So the boys go to the lumber yard because they're going to build a new clubhouse and they need to get wood. And, of course, here's one of our cameos. This has got to be the first one, right? George Went, who played Norm from Cheers. I'm like, Norm, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be at Cheers. But, no, he's working, you know, selling wood at the lumberyard, wearing a flannel. You know, if you didn't know this was Norm, you'd probably think it was John Goodman from Roseanne. But it's not. Spanky kind of takes over and says, all right, we need to, we took up a collection, we need wood for, oh, we need lumber. And of course, the guy's like, well, what kind? And Stymie's like, wood. It's like, duh. Like, uh-huh. So let's see this collection of monies that they uh, got between them. I love how Spanky is so confident. He just puts all the stuff. You don't see it at first, but exactly he puts onto the counter. He's like, give us all the wood you can for this much, please. So I love how he's, uh, I'm just going to call the guy Norm. He uh, pulls the stuff towards him. Kind of, you know, touches it, like, what is all, is there even any actual coins here? And the look he gives the kids, like, you cannot be serious. Are you serious right now with this? And the kids, the looks on their face, like, yeah, we are definitely serious. How much wood can we get for this stuff? I like how Norm takes his closed fist and just kind of, like, pets, like, just below his shoulder, like, oh, boy, well, they are kids, so... Let's see if there's anything here that I like. He ends up giving them like a little sample piece, which is probably free anyway. Like, and he holds it up. He's like, paper or plastic? <laughs> Kids just go 
scrounging around junkyards. Go see if there's any construction sites that have any lumber that they want to donate to you. Just, yeah. You know, if this were now, they'd probably start a GoFundMe account to build a treehouse. Yeah, okay, now we get a picture. We got some change, but we also got, like, rusted out lug nut and a bottle cap and a couple other rusted metal circular pieces. And how many little rascals have we got? Let's see, Spanky, Stymie, Froggy, uh-huh. We got Petey. We got a bunch of other children that I don't recognize. Where's Buckwheat? How is... Oh, that's right. Porky and Buckwheat aren't there. Never mind. What is this? It's like a little piece that would probably go... Like, on the corner of a wall covering or something if you want, like, um... Like a little bracket or, or border, you know, wood piece that's going down the side of a wall. I don't know. I love how they're, they got their wagons and how Petey is actually in Stymie's wagon. That's cute. It's the Little Rascals Caravan with their wagons. So apparently it would have cost 450 bucks for lumber. I'm guessing that, that was the total amount to... Just for the lumber, because they were clearly going to put it together themselves. And Spanky's like, gosh, where are we going to get that kind of moolah? Remember money being called moolah? Does anyone use that term anymore? Moolah? And Stanky's like, you know that saying, wood doesn't grow on trees. Uh, boys, it actually does. You'd have better luck chopping down a tree and getting lumber from that. How coincidental, they stop right outside a bank. And there's a sign outside the bank that says, ask about instant loans. I love how there's no fine print in like the tiniest of print underneath loans. It doesn't say anything like for those who qualify or some restrictions apply or something to that. It does not say that. I'd be like, your sign said ask about instant loans. It did not say anything about qualifying more restrictions. See, that's how they get you here. That's how they got them. They didn't have that fine print at the bottom. It didn't say anything like not intended for children under the uh, people under the age 18. Didn't say anything like that either. Oh, is this another term they used in the Little Rascal shorts? Because Spanky goes over to the side and says, all in favor say yo, 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 yo. And all the kids are like, yo, 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 yo. All right, here we go. We got, <laughs> they look like they are dressed like they're Amish. The long black coats, the black br wide brimmed hats, the long, you know, fake beards in the, in their case. Because they're about as tall as that lady who's walking past them. So they look to be about, well, if each kid is just maybe a little over three feet, we're looking at at least, those kids are at least six feet or just over. I feel bad for the kids on the bottom. They gotta carry that weight. Like, oh, my shoulders are gonna be, oh, they're gonna be screaming tomorrow. <laughs> All right, so we have the next cameo by Mel Brooks. He is playing the loan officer, the bank trustee, going through loans. One of which says, six kids, hardworking father, honest and trustworthy. I gotta say, I don't think honest and trustworthy really, that is not gonna, 
they're going to look at the figures and what you're bringing in and whether or not you can pay back a loan based on what you have. You could tell them you're honest and trustworthy as the day is long, but at the end of the day, if you don't have the money to back that up, they're not, yeah. You can imagine they probably are also look at, you know, credit scores. You know, they're going to want to look at all your bills, like do you pay your bills on time? What's your credit card? Do you have a credit card? What's your limit? What's your current outstanding bill? So all that stuff. Oh, this guy, he denies the loan. Let me guess, because the guy's got six kids. Girl, this guy ain't never going to pay this loan back if I give it to him. The guy's not even looking as um, stymie and spanky come in with the beards. And he's like, oh, gentlemen, have a seat. Stymie looks at Spanky like, uh, how are we supposed to do that? We're sta- we're sitting on top of shoulders. That's gonna look so not right. Spanky actually whispers, can we sit down? And the other kid underneath like, are you kidding? <laughs> like my shoulders are already screaming in pain. No, we can't sit down. <laughs> Spanky's like, we can't sit. We can't sit down, my good man. Like, oh boy. He's not even looking at him. He's like, oh, what what may I do for you? And Spanky's like, we'd like to take out a hefty loan. No, that's Stymie who says that. And he's like, oh, do you have an account with us? And Stymie's like, and how? Uh-huh. No, he actually wants to. Like, do you bank with us? And he finally looks up at them and says, what is your account? And it's just, it dawns on like, these are children. <laughs> these are not adults. He's like, what is your account? Number. And Spanky's like, seven. I'm guessing that's got to be Spanky's age is seven. Because the bank just looked at him like, seven? Froggy underneath is like, try eight. And Spanky's like, eight? And the guy's like, okay, I've heard enough. It's kind of hurt. He pulled on like the the beard strap thing and snapped it back. He's like, oh, that's got to hurt. He's like, if you were my kids, I'd punish you. I love Simon's response. He's like, if we were your kids, we'd punish ourselves. Like, yes. <laughs> and, of course, Mel Brooks' character is like, leave the premises. Post-haste. Spanky calls him out. It's like, you can't treat people this way. And Mel Brooks' character is like, you're not people. Your kids. Like, excuse me, they are very much people, human beings. What, because they're not adults, they don't count as people? That's horrible. So outside of the bank, of course, we see the other kids waiting, and we do see two men, you know, dressed like, you know, Amish that have bags with them. A white man with a amber colored beard, and then, of course, a, a black man with a beard. Of course, they open the door as Spanky and Stymie are coming out, and they just look at them in bewilderment, like, what? So clearly, these guys had an appointment, and it's just coincidence that Stymie and Spanky pulled this. Oh, boy. And they're like, thank you, good luck. All right, let's get back to Alfalfa guarding the blur. He's hanging out and plucking, oh, my gosh. 
How many flowers are dying right now so he can do the she loves me, she loves me not on them by ripping the petals off? Oh my gosh. So he plucked the last petal and it's she loves me. Like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We just see like 20 flowers that have been depetaled and it's just so sad. Like, you all had to die because I didn't get the answer I wanted. Oh, there's Buckwheat and Porky. They've been playing, uh, they're on guard duty. Because Alfalfa's like, I gotta see Darla. And it's like, no, that's a violation on your pro of your probation. You can't do that. So Alfalfa's like, all right, here we go. I'll do this instead. I'll write her a message and you could two can take it to her. So Pokey's like, Pokey, <laughs> Porky, it's like, hey, we're Bohemian woman haters. We don't deliver love notes. What do we look like, Cupid? This isn't Valentine's Day. You see a quiver on my back and a bow and arrow. So Alfalfa plays it off as, oh, a love note? No, 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 no. This is going to be a hate note. Ugh. Of course. As he's writing what he's really writing, he's saying out loud the hate note that he is supposedly writing. Yet yeah, these kids, you know, Porky and Buckwheat, they can't read yet, so they don't know what it says. Good grief, kid, dial it down. He's like, dear Darla, I hate your stinking guts. You make me vomit. There's scum between my toes. But actually what he's really writing, he's got like the best penmanship. And it's in all caps. Dear Darla, I can't live without you. Really? No, it's Dear Darla, I can't live without you. Dot, dot, dot. Really? Dot, dot, dot. I'm not kidding. You're Romeo Alfalfa. Of course we get another O-Tay from Buckwheat and Porky. You know, aside from Spanky and Alfalfa being a duo, which we really don't get to see for the majority of the movie because they are at odds with each other, well, more on Spanky's end than Alfalfa's. But I love the Porky and Buckwheat duo. I just, I would love to see them, like, as teenagers or, or even in college getting an apartment together. I just think, I just would love to hear about their adventures as they get older. All right, here we go. We're at Darla's place. She's dressed for her ballet recital. We got Buckwheat wearing a postman's cap. Oh, po Porky's wearing one too. Why do I want to call him Pokey? I don't know. So it's like, hey, Buckwheat, where's the note? Could Buckwheat's shirt, hooded shirt, be any longer? It goes past his knees. This is clearly something for a adult. But it's still cute on him. So of course, Buckwheat's trying to find the note, and Darla's like, is this going to take long? I got a life to live here. Is she drinking Shasta? Hold up, hold up, till you roll. We'll find it eventually. Let's start digging through the pockets and see what we pull up with. A balloon with a string attached. And you just see Darla tapping her ballet shoe, like, let's go, let's go. I'm waiting, let's go. She's just irritated. Like, I got better things to do. Okay, looks like Porky found the notes. Ew! And he's blowing his nose with... Ugh, well, better that than his arm, I guess, huh? Buckwheat's like, oh yeah, I gave it to you, Porky. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I just blew my nose on. I can still read it, though. No, he uh tossed it. Like, eh, no, I can't read it. 
And Daryl is finally like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, sorry. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Buckwheat's like, hey, I got this. Don't worry. Um, I know what it said. Because Alfalfa recited it to us as he was writing it. I'm like, yeah, I remember what it said. Let's see. Dear Darla, I hate your stinking guts. You make me vomit. You're scum between my toes. Love, Alfalfa. And... Darla, the whole time she's hearing this is just really like, she's getting PO'd. She's getting pissed. Hey, wow, first he doesn't want to be seen with me. I break up with him and he has the nerve to come to my, send a messenger and write me a hate note. That's, ugh. Wow, she really crushed that Shasta can. I think it was root beer. Kind of sounds like there was something inside of the can. Like, there was still pop in there. So, of course, Porky and Buckwheat got to come back and uh, tell Alfalfa how it didn't go so well. And you just see Alfalfa like, yeah, but was she upset? And just Porky and Buckwheat are like, uh-huh, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, she was very upset. She actually crushed a can of Shasta in front of her faces. And then we just imagine, like, that being our heads. So, yeah, we got out of there. We didn't stick around <laughs> to see what was going to happen after. So, of course, Elf was like, hey, I have to go to her house and explain what happened. Dang it. So, Buckwheat is like, hey, forget it, buddy. Number one, she's not home because she has a ballet recital. Number two, uh, Porky, what was number two? And Porky whispers something. I was like, no, not that. The other number two. Like, oh, yeah. Spanky said you can talk to her. And I like what Alfalfa does here. He's probably getting ticked off like, hey, I can talk to Darla. I can talk to Darla anytime I want. Spanky's not the boss of me. Of course, as soon as he turns around, Spanky is right there. It's like, dude, you're taller than him. You should stand up to him. Alfalfa's got to be at least another year or two older than Spanky. It's like, dude, I'm not insinuating he should beat his friend up or anything. Nothing like that. But it's like, buddy, you need to stand up for yourself and say, hey, I'm going to like who I want to like. That is not in any way threatening our friendship. Granted, they're like, you know, seven and eight years old or whatever. But it's like, come on now. This is enough of this nonsense. And I get it. Yes, I, I love this movie. It's a great 90s kids movie. But I just like to throw a little logic in there once in a while. Okay, so they're going to the ballet, ballet recital so he can dump her? What? Did anyone tell him that Darla dumped him while he was unconscious? Or passed out? Or fainted? Not to mention, she's doing the ballet recital. She ain't got time for your nonsense. Yeah, she wants to hear this. She already heard this hate note. Now you're going to embarrass her in front of her friends by dumping her. Like, I dump you. You don't dump me. I do the dumping. Like, no, it's already, it's, we, we're past this, Alfalfa. We are past this. Okay, here we go. We got our third cameo, Leah Thompson of Back to the Future fame. And, of course, the movie I just recently covered, Dennis the Menace, where she played Dennis's mom, Alice Mitchell, and a slew of other 80s, you know, Howard the Duck, some kind of wonderful. She was also in the short-lived TV show Switched at Birth from 2011. I love how they go right up there and they ask to speak to Darla. Like, you kids. And he's like, 
hey, she's like, who are you with? And Spanky's like, I'm with him, and we need to talk to, to, to Darla. And she, I like, she's like, well, I'm afraid that's out of the question. She's about to go on stage. You'll have to wait till after. Doesn't even invite them. Like, oh, if you want to stay and watch the show, unless it costs money, or it's just like, no, sorry, only the parents and family of the children performing get to see it. So, go on, clear the door, get out of the way. So, of course, Elfalf is like, well, too bad. All right, let's get out of here. Spanky's like, no, 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 we're waiting right out here till Darla comes out. Oh boy. All right, now we're going back to the clubhouse, and we got the security guards, Buckwheat and Porky, with their fishing poles, <laughs> just pacing back and forth, guarding the blur. Here we go, Butch and Weimer back. Wonderful. Yes, and of course, they plan to steal the blur. Of course, Butch is like, hey, this is going to be so easy, like stealing candy from a baby, because Buckwheat and Porky are like five years old. Bumping into each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, the boys are out cold. They're sleeping. Like, okay. Of course, quack, quack, quack. There's a duck. The dollar on a string attached to its leg? Of course, Buckwheat and Porky go running after the duck. Want that dollar. They were, the boys were sleeping in a rusted out Jeep. So I'm guessing they're inhabiting, like, a junkyard. That's where this clubhouse was. Well, it doesn't really look so much like a junkyard. I don't know. Hopefully they fixed up one of those Rube Goldberg machines because they grab the key, which is on a string, Butch does, and a bowling ball goes down a chute and whacks him in the face, I guess. Oh, no, the bowling ball hits, lands into a... A plastic crate, which has got a little, uh, on a 2x4 that has a jar of open pickles with juice, and it just hits him in the face with pickle juice. There we go with the we got a dollar, we got a dollar, we got a dollar, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I believe, yeah, in the trivia, it says that he, the boy who plays Buckley, improvised that whole, that made up that whole song. All right, we're going to go back to Spanky and Alfalfa. They're hanging out in front of the closed doors of the ballet recital building, and it's just like, ugh, I'm so bored. That poor frog. Spanky pulls a frog out of it, this giant bullfrog. Here we go. Oh, for, so it's like, here you go, this will cheer you up or will keep you occupied. Play with this bullfrog. Like, oh, thank you, Spanky. Look who it is. It's Butch and Woim. Oh, good golly. So it's like, yeah, they got to skedaddle. Like, boys, you need to uh, post haste. Like, make tracks. Of course, Waldo's at this recital because he's supporting Darla. I don't know. Are he and Darla, like, a thing? Are they together? Are they just friends? Is it development? Who knows? But, of course, we see the chauffeur with that dang dog again. Seriously? Keep that dog at home. No, yeah, I'm sure these people from the recital coming out, like, oh, look, it's a Doberman. Like, ugh. Boys... 
Spanky and Alfalfa go into the uh, building where the recital's held, and they're just trying to, they're running from Butch and Woim. Alfalfa, there we go again! Alfalfa, <laughs> Alfalfa opens the door and you just hear screaming girls, Alright, well, the boys are trying all these doors down this hallway, and they manage to find one that is unlocked. They don't look at what's the sign on the door, which says costume room, but as soon as they open it, you can see, like, there are costumes in there. So, Butch and Woim are not far behind Alfalfa and Spanky. They open the costume room after opening other doors where girls are screaming. Wow, Alfalfa and Spanky got dressed in the wigs and the ballerinas and the tutus and the wings very fast. I gotta play this because this is so funny. Just the way that Spanky just rolls right into this new identity or persona. I mean, he he snaps right into it quickly. Hiya, big boys. Say, you two chicks, let's see a couple of ugly mugs who ran in here. You mean besides you? <laughs> I think they went in there. <laughs> Thanks, Dollface. Bye. One, two. Oh my gosh, she's trying to get dressed. What are you doing? You two do not belong here. Oh, really ripping their ears off, which is fine, because they're jerks. This tutu's killing me. Took the words right out of my mouth. Oh my gosh, it's just, oh my gosh. So, he's like, hey big boys, what are you doing here? And you just hear, <laughs> Butch is like, wolf, wolf. <laughs> like, hey, you seen a couple ugly mugs in here? And Alfalfa's like, beside you. <laughs> I'm like, I think they went that way. Of course, Butch and Woim open the door where Leah Thompson, the dance instructor, she's in the middle of getting her leotard on. What in the world? But she's like, you two don't belong in here. She grabs Butch and Woim by their ears, practically ripping them off, which is fine by me because they don't need to be in there. They stop it! You're hurting me! Like, shut up! Luckily, Spanky and Alfalfa dart into another room and they don't realize that that is the basically the green room where the other fairy swan-like sugar fairy nutcracker girls are hanging out. Yeah, he, Alfalfa shoddy, he, just he did not expect to run into Darla. And Darla doesn't even recognize him because he's wearing a blonde curly wig. Basically like a Shirley Temple wig. And Elf- <laughs> and Spanky's wearing a jet black curly wig. Is this supposed to be like a gay joke? Because the cur- Darla's friend, the curly blonde haired one, is like, are you a fairy? And Spanky's like, uh-uh, no. And the girl corrects herself, well, you know, a sugar plum fairy. Like, oh, well, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, we are. Like, what? I, this is 1994. I just, seeing this as an adult and just getting, like, this being thrown out there. Like, oh, my gosh. Uh-oh, there's that frog. <laughs> I guess they didn't uh, leave it in 
fell off his pants. Darla's like, what's the matter? Spanky's like, oh, she must have a frog in her throat. Okay, Alfalfa. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm sweating like a pig. I how Darla and her friends just welcome the two new girls into the fold. Like, they've never seen them before. They've never been to rehearsal. But it's like, okay, sure, fine. I mean, you're wearing the same outfits we are. And uh, Darla offers Alfalfa her hanky. And he, like, wipes his face under his pits. And, like, here you go. And she's like, Ugh, you know what? You can keep that. <laughs> like, I don't want that back. So, of course... Darla's like, oh, I'm nervous too. Waldo's gonna be here. Of course, blonde, curly-haired girl, best friend of Darla, is like, Waldo's Darla's boyfriend. Like, ugh. Wait, what, what happened to, what's his face, Alfalfa? You're not into him anymore? Well, he did send her that hate note via Porky and Buckwheat. I almost called him Butch. Darla's like, do you have boyfriends? It's like, yeah, guys, you know you're supposed to be pretending to be g- girls. Like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know that Alfalfa has to go here and talk himself up. It's like, you know, but there is one boy I'd really love to know. His name is Alfalfa. And Alfalfa's like, what a physique. And Spanky's like, are you crazy? I think like Spanky is like, you know, you're gonna give us away. And Darla, of course, is flashing back in her mind to all the great memories she and Alfalfa shared together. She's like, I used to know Alfalfa. He took the best years of my life. For heaven's sake! I just the way that Darla taught. They're children, and she's talking like she's in a real. Almost like an adult relationship. It's weird. So, of course, Spanky's got to get on the uh, alfalfa sucks train. She's talking like she's been jilted by him before. Like, same here. That ugly scud laid me on as if he cared. Then he dropped me like a hot tamale. And you just see, like, (laughs) alfalfa getting you back. And alfalfa is just like, stop. What are you doing? Okay, Spanky, it's almost like you're going to give yourselves, or at least Alfalfa, you're selling him out. It's like, and you know what? And the girl's like, no, what? I hear he dresses in girls' clothes. Okay, um, wow. If you just look at the context of the dialogue as I'm just, as an adult. I mean, when I was 11, I wasn't, like, seeing this in a whole new light as I'm like, why are they... It just seems like they're shaming, like, gay and trans people. I don't know. Even Darla is like, (gasps) And Alfalfa is like, he is ready to punch Spanky in the face. Like, dude, stop. So Darla's like, oh, I don't miss him at all, except his voice. He makes me melt like a popsicle on the 4th of July. I love when when she says, I don't miss Alfalfa except for one thing. And you just see Alfalfa is like hanging on by a string. Just like, really? She misses me. She admits it. Even, I don't know which of the the two girls. I don't even know. I think one's name is Jane. But the um, 
dark blonde, brunettish, reddish, whatever hair she's got going on. She's got a bang in her dark lovely. Oh, he is awfully romantical. Of course, Spank is like, you know, we're going to get on of here before I cover his bone. Like, well, it was lovely chatting with you, but we really have to go. Oh, man, they just barely make it to the door and boosh! The dance rehearsal choreographer, instructor, teacher, what have you. She is there like, okay, ladies, let's go. Showtime. Why do I get the feeling that the character that Leah Thompson is playing, if I've ever called her Leah Michelle, I apologize a hundred thousand times. Uh, Leah Thompson is playing, I think she's one of those that tried to be like a ballerina, professional, tried to go all the way, found out she couldn't, you know, didn't work out for her. She's like, okay, the next best thing. I'm kind of wondering, maybe she's even got a kid here. Maybe one of these kids is hers. I've never watched that show. What's it called? Dance Moms? It's like uh, on Lifetime or that other reality show called like Toddlers and Tiaras. <laughs> I feel so bad for those children. Just what they have to go through and the pressure at such a young age. Sometimes you gotta even wonder, I mean, just by how the kids are acting, it's almost like they're brainwashed and they're just being forced into it. It's like, they don't look, ha like, they got a smile plastered on their face, but it's as fake as, it's just, it's, it's sad. It's just really sad. Oh, this is a small audience. <laughs> they must have been really, like, only the parents and siblings of children. There is a grandmother that... Wait a sec! If that's... A, well, Waldo does come from money, so he probably bought... He's like, I'm gonna buy everybody's ticket. On me, of course. Because my girlfriend is performing, and I want to support. Alfalfa is clutching the frog, like, what are we doing? Spanky, why are we on stage? And Leah Thompson comes out and says, and now scenes from the Nutcracker. And of course, apparently the boys have never heard of the Nutcracker, the play, because they immediately grab their crotches like somebody is going to crack their nuts. And it's it's kind of comical. It's like, what do I do with a frog? Because their leotards have no pockets. Down the uh, leotard it goes. Have fun with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. He put it in the, what looks like some form of leotard underwear-ish thing. Alfalfa's leotard thing. Okay, okay. Get rid of it. Like, great. Now it's going to look like you got a booze. Alfalfa's got a Prance around with a bullfrog near his crotch. Ew. Leah Thompson is trying to direct this play. We got two girls she's clearly never seen before. And wondering what they're doing. Because Alfalfa's like, here, hold my hand. And Spanky's like, are you nuts? You know he seems to say that a lot. Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Waldo, of course, is just very interested in these two ladies like what is this i know all the girls here and i've never seen these two the way his eyes like sparkle like ooh, who are these girls and looks like they're doing some unique interpretive dance aside from what the other girls are supposed to do poor leah thompson she is just like this is falling apart at the seams i've worked so hard six months we planned for the nutcracker and now it's just falling to pieces on stage 
Because we see, we keep cutting back to alfalfa in this. <laughs> the frog is sliding farther down his weird is, you know, um, the tights of his his leggings. Basically, it's like, oh my god, it's and just <laughs> Leah Thompson is about ready to go on that stage and grab them both and just yank them off. And Waldo, of course, is laughing with his baby teeth. Yeah, Spanky is going full improv, just doing whatever. But then again, he, um, Travis Tedford and Bug Hall were told, just do whatever, just act goofy, even though they wanted to be serious. Like, no, 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 you guys, your instructions are just to goof around. This old lady in the front is all like, oh my gosh, this is the worst most inappropriate thing I've ever seen. And Leah Thompson's friend's like, get off the stage, get off. Spanky waggling his butt and just goes, <laughs> you just see the audience is cracking up. Like, they love it. One guy is actually looking at the recital program and it's like, what? What? This isn't part of the Nutcracker. I've seen the Nutcracker and this is not in it. I've seen it on Broadway. Well, this is the junior off, off, off Broadway production of the Nutcracker. Doing the high sign. <laughs> That's one lady with the short blonde hair. She's everyone is cracking up. Like, oh my gosh, is this like America's Funniest Home Videos or what? I bet anything, some of those parents are going to be so angry. Like, we are taking, we are taking our daughter out of this program. You will not be paid. Well, they. He per- this has got to be, this is the end of the year performance. I bet anything, you work like six months to a year on this thing. And you got two boys dressing up like sugar fairies and, do, you know, doing improv on, on stage. Oh my god. It's <laughs> like, let's get out of here. Like, yeah, I could have told you that. I already made a mockery of this lady's <laughs> dance and ballet instructor career. So Alfalfa's like, good thing I caught that frog. And it's like, yeah, but guess what? Now you gotta worry about is the warts. Like, That thing was near his junk. Ew. So it gives no meaning to genital warts. Oh! She is so... Oh, I gotta play this. (laughs) She's gonna give them what for. You better to my side. Where's your friend? And she starts like, cause Alfalfa is like behind that curtain. You can see it moving. And El- and Spinky's like, oh, I-, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And then she comes upon a almost naked Alfalfa in his tidy whiteies and is just dragging him outside. You ruined my recital. Where's? Oh. oh my god. Come on out of there, young lady. Yeah, I, I wouldn't open that if I was you. Oh my gosh, it's a well, name. This is a professional school of ballet now. Get not out anymore, it's not. It's a mockery. Oh my gosh. It's a moving wig. With a frog underneath. Ew. That sucks. <laughs> but you and Wim are standing out. While you make a getaway. Say, Spanky, you sure are a pal. Think nothing of it. Stud muffins going my <laughs> way. She, we love to. The wig is like falling off Spanky's head. The shorts off a couple of twerks. Get out of there, Elfo. You're lost, baby. <laughs> Got a burger to go with that shake? Oh, God. Oh, no! 
of the wig. For Alfalfa, Spanky's like, hey, I got you, buddy. I will take care of this. Let me distract them and you can get away. Uh, she's like, hello again. She, He's like, hello again, you little stud muffins going my way. Like, no, we're waiting for a couple twerps to come out of here. Like, oh, you're lost, baby. <laughs> and she's, da, 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 da. <laughs> this tree branch basically just picks up that black wig off Spanky's head. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Starts screaming and runs off. Of course, Alfalfa, like, made a getaway because that kid's in his tiny whitey. See, this is another thing. You would not see that kind of stuff today. You would not be, they would not be doing that. Oh, and, and Butch is like, oh, you got a burger to go with that shake? Like, dude. I can see in the future many girls slapping him across the face or kicking him in the nuts when he becomes a teenager because I can imagine the offensive and vulgar just trash mouth that he's going to be talking to girls. Why well, you need to find some better friends that aren't like that kid. Another scene where it's just fast motion with a lot of running in this movie. <laughs> so Spanky runs into the boys club. Not sure what that is because he's still in his tutu and Butch and Wayne run past that door and some bespectacled librarian looking man in a cardigan like shoves him out the door and says stay out. Alright let's go back to Alfalfa. <sighs> Well, of course, Alfalfa is like outside of a church, and he's. <laughs> Who happens to be at the crosswalk across from him? Two nuns! And he's like, oh, sorry! Wait, don't they like run into him, like, and knock him down? Oh, wait, no. Nope. He actually like runs between them. Alfalfa, you gotta stop saying this. Like, oh, things couldn't possibly get any worse. Why is it whenever someone says that, things get worse? Don't say that, and it won't happen. Or, well, I don't know. And then, of course, it's like, oh, and then the clouds opened up, and God said, I hate you, Alfalfa. It's like, I don't think he hates you, buddy, but he's just got bad timing. Of course, yeah, Butch and Wyme catch up to him. It's like, hey, nice tan, since Alfalfa's in his tidy whities Like, hey, any last words? It's like, uh, yes. See ya! And he runs off. So, he they're running across the yard. At first, I'm like, this looks like a really fancy funeral parlor. It's just, the way, it's just, this is just like a one-level house. It's not even a mansion. It's not even a McMansion. Wait a minute, I don't even think this is a house. This might be like a guest quarters or something. But they got like the um, the round circular driveway. Alfalfa makes it past the housekeeper. But Butch and Woim are escorted out. Like, no, 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 you're not coming in here. Of course, this is where Alfalfa slams right into a cleaning maid person and falls right on his ass. He's like, I'll let myself out. Thank you. And he actually bows to this lady. She's like, I sure hope so. Oh, she's like, well, you better. Oh, he's also got socks on. Yeah, and Butch is all like, oh, he lucked out. I thought, see, before subtitles, and I watched this on, like, VHS, I thought he said he were locked out or something. But, no, he did not luck out because that dang dog is back. The dang Doberman. 
He's about ready to take a chunk out of Alfalfa's ass. We see this pool. There is nobody in this pool. At uh, Oh, there's a little pool right by it. Oh, okay. The dog doesn't jump in the water after him, but he uh, should think about joining the swim team once he gets to uh, junior high or high school. He's a good swimmer. But then again, that's the fast motion. Classic 90s thing. They did it in Home Alone 2 when Kevin did the cannonball with his father's swim shorts or swimsuit. And he got out of the pool, found out he lost his swimsuit. Just like Alfalfa, apparently his underwear did not stay on in the pool. We do see him. We see the tidy whities in the pool. He grabs them and puts them on. He is like dripping wet. And then we hear some, as the subtitles say, soul music playing. So, of course, we hear giggling, and who's there but Waldo and Darla. They're they're sitting on the steps, and let me just tell you, and that's the shallow end, right? That water is right up to the girl who plays Darla's neck. It's just, that is, mm, I don't like that. (laughs) They're both holding... Some type of tropical fruity clear drink. Maybe pina colada or something like that. I don't know. And of course... <laughs> she's like, oh, Falcon, this is a side of you I've never seen before. is in your naked ass. And I love how Waldo's hair is not even wet, even at all. But you can definitely tell that Darla's hair is... with The bangs are wet, the little... Because her hair is actually up with a ribbon... And, you know, the back of her hair is wet. And Waldo's wearing his glasses in the pool. Who wears their glasses in the pool? Nobody wears their glasses in the pool. That's silly. You know they're going to get wet. You know you're not going to be able to see out of them. Of course, he's surprised to see Darla there. Well, I'm not. Since Waldo was there, he probably said, Hey, since the recital's over, you want to come over to my place? We can go hang out in the swimming pool and chill talk about the bear and the duet we're gonna sing together to sign on a song oh of course alfalfa's like hey look darla there's a perfectly logical explanation for this and of course here comes the dang dog again which i'd be happy to explain later and he just runs off screaming oh of course waldo and darla have a fun laugh at Ah, we're back to Porky and Buckwheat and the pickle. They they love pickles. I don't love pickles. Never been a fan of pickles. I like the smell of pickle juice, but I wouldn't drink it. My dad liked pickles, though. I remember that he'd always put, like, the the Velasic pickles. He'd always put the jar on the kitchen table with dinner, and I'd be like, oh, I like the smell of the pickle juice. The buckwheat is like, hey, oh, they're sitting in the blur chomping on pickles. Well, one of them is like, hey, do you like pickles? Porky's like, I think they stink. Buckwheat just chomps on that pickle and you just hear that audible crunch. He loves pickles. Of course, Porky's like, yeah, my mom makes me eat them. And Buckwheat's like, I'm crazy about them. Are these kids just kind of improvising the scene and stuff like that with the pickles? So Porky wants to get something out of this. You know, since he doesn't like pickles, he hasn't eaten his pickle. Like, hey, I'll sell you my pickle for a nickel. Hey, that rhyme. <laughs> he almost sounds like he's stuffed up. Like he's Porky's got a cold. 
The way he's like, I'll tell you my pickle for like, just sounds really congested. And I feel so bad for that kid. He probably was sick. I mean, all those kids running around. Someone's got a cold. Someone's passing it to another kid. They're all going to get sick. It's going to be an epidemic. Do you like pickles? I think they stink. Hey, y'all pickles. My mother makes me eat them. I'm crazy about them. I'll say my pickles are a pickle. How about two cents? Okay. I have two pickles. I have two pickles. I have two pickles today. Hey, hey, do big little boy and bing big old like two pickles today. Take day. Rough day? Don't ask. Are these kosher? Alright, looks like we're getting to the fair, we're getting to the, the race, we're getting to the the sing-off, the dance, music, festival thing. The kids, of course, they got a plan. Like, hey, we need to raise funds to build this clubhouse. You know, we need that 400 some dollars to build it. We need that lumber. So, they got a plan. They are going to set up shop just outside the tent where the... Um, singing competition is and they are going to charge admission for something that is technically supposed to be free oh this is kind of cool it spanky is dressed like um one of those i'm not gonna call him a car would he be considered a carny i don't know because we got froggy painted sign that says spanky's believe it or else one quarter, and it's spelled K-W-A-R-T-E-R. Buckwheat's like, hey, me and Porky got an idea. And Spanky's like, hey, keep it. You might need it when you grow up. Three bucks admission. A-D-M-I-S-H-U-N. I just stepped on the sign. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that? See a boy who looks like a dog? What? Oh, Porky and Buckwheat are taking that sign with them. Oh, okay. So Spanky's standing on a a wooden box. He's shouting into one of those like old time megaphone things. So yeah, he's trying to pull in the crowd by saying, "Hey, see this freaking nature? Even science can't explain it. It's a really good show. I want to see what these acts are. It's kind of like a sideshow. Oh, that's cool. Step right up and witness this hideous mutant. Oh my gosh." Four feet man-eating chicken. It's basically a kid eating a bucket of KFC. <laughs> Creative. This kid's got a sideways cap, and he's got a fake mustache, and he's just, yeah, he's just eating a bowl of ca- a bucket of KFC. <laughs> Looks like original. Does not look like extra crispy, which I, if any of you out there are fans of extra crispy over original. Send me an email at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. We need to create a Facebook page for all those out there that prefer the extra crispy KFC chicken over original recipe. I mean, I will eat original recipe if I have to. My husband and I, that's actually where we are divided. Because he's original recipe. I am extra crispy. He prefers Diet Pepsi. I prefer Diet Coke. Yeah, it's a house divided here, everybody. Of course, Spanky is like, okay, forget this. We're just going to flat out say, 
hey folks we need to make some money <laughs> and even <laughs> even Simon's like hey give me a quarter five dollars anything <laughs> we need to build a new clubhouse Simon's like just hurry 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 this sale only lasts one day <laughs> this event this <laughs> this attraction only lasts one day see it before it's gone forever, basically. Oh, Spanky, you just come off sounding so desperate. People, people, we need your money. <laughs> so Spanky pretty much just gives up on this thing. Hey, at least people are riding the rides. That's great. Does nothing for them. What is that, a lost and found station right there? What's that little white toll booth? Oh my gosh, Stymie is begging. Please go in. So we go to Alfalfa, and he is writing page after line after line, page after page. I will not think of Darla. I will not think of Darla. Oh my gosh, I can't stop thinking about Darla. I gotta play this clip from Seinfeld, season 4, episode 12, The Pick. I just, this is, I think, just perfectly what Alfalfa is probably feeling right now. My darling Susan. How is he not getting, like, tendinitis or carpal tunnel from all cramping in his hand? Kid, you are too young to have issues with your hands. I'm telling you. That's just, yeah. Even Petey's just hanging out. Just like, oh my gosh, alfalfa, alfalfa, all, uh, enough already. I can't, ugh. I can't believe I have to watch you. You're such a sad sack right now. So, Alfalfa's like, hey, you know what, Petey, I think Spanky's right. Maybe I should just forget about love. It's like, well, first of all, you need to be in control of your own feelings and thoughts. You don't let someone else tell you how you should or shouldn't be feeling and who you should and shouldn't be seeing. You need to stand up for yourself, Alfalfa. That's what I've been saying since the beginning of the movie. He needs confidence. He needs a backbone. Oh, man, I went through an entire legal pad. You know what? Just gather those papers and just start on the back. That's what they say. You know, you run out of paper, boom. Start writing on the other side of it. That's why there's another side. Now, Petey's like, you know what? I'm out of here. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> You're making me depressed, Alfalfa. Oh, Petey brought toilet paper. So he's like, oh, what? You don't have to take a shit? Okay. So, Petey goes and grabs, remember that list they were checking off when Darla and Alfalfa had their little, uh, little dinner, lunch, date, whatever in the clubhouse, and then it burned down? So he brings that over, and it's like, what is this? And he sees all these things that are checked off, or scratched out, all these things that happened during that disaster lunch date. It's like, what in the what? Damn it, Spanky! I'm gonna kick your ass. How 
funny they only got to gas explosion, sneaker juice, sand witch, and then of course the next one was gonna be hot foot, bug attack, and stink bomb. What are they gonna do? Light his foot on fire? Good grief. That's not safe. Yeah. Alfalfa pretty much just deuces that it's Spanky's fault that Darla hates him. Like that whole thing was just it almost feels like a setup. I mean, Alfalfa and Darla, unbeknownst to them, but it's just... Wow, he's just going to take off in that blur. Like, oh, I didn't know it started up. There's enough room for Alfalfa, and I love how he's wearing a helmet, and there's, like, um, you know, holes on the top that there's a spot for his cowlick to stick through. <laughs> But there's enough room for him and Petey. So, all right, let's get back to the fair. The kids, of course, are complaining. Like, hey, things didn't pan out. And Spanky's like, didn't pan out. We have less money than we came with. So, Stymie and Spanky and the rest of the boys come upon... Porky and Buckwheat have got a table set up. And the sign that says, admission, $3.00. It's like, hey, we just hung up this sign and people started giving us money. Yeah, and again, apparently, what, the people showing up don't say, oh, well, I thought this was supposed to be free. What's up with that? Look at all that cash. Like, wads and wads of, like, st oh, stacks of bills. It's like, oh, my God. So I was talking to hey, Porky Buckwheat, you guys are geniuses. And they're like, Thanks. Spanky, of course, is eager to get his butt in that chair. He's like, hey, you know what? You guys have been working hard. How about I give you a little break and I'll take over for you? So, yep, of course, he sits down and the other kids are there. People are still, like, handing money to go into this talent show. As soon as Spanky's like, oh, money, 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 we hear Spanky McFarland. And Spanky turns around and is like, oh, Miss Crabtree. Another cameo, Daryl Hannah. I'm just kind of curious. Now, she buffed Spanky, but if she'd been there a while, would she have busted Porky and Buckwheat? Because she eventually was like, you know, I expected this from a younger kid, but not you. You're like seven. You at least should know better. But she doesn't chastise the other children who are right around Spanky's age. She's like, I would expect this from a four-year-old, but not you. We just missed those two four-year-olds. They just took off. Along with the other kids. So like, we're out of here, bye. Of course, she has to grab this big glass jar that's got money in it. As she has to explain to him, Spanky, tricking people out of their money is wrong. It's just like cheating on your homework, which apparently Spanky does that. And he's like, but I, uh... And she's like, what do we do with all this money? And Spanky's like, uh, Miss Crabtree, I think I have a suggestion. Even it's like, well, we can't give it back to these people one by one. How many of them, like, paid in fives? I mean, those kids, Buckley and Porky were not about to be giving change back. So he suggests, we don't hear it, but she, he does suggest that she donated as the prize for the uh, go-kart derby or the, the race, whatever. Box derby, box car derby, whatever. Like, oh, interesting. Intriguing. I love it. Oh my gosh, Spanky's got this smarmy face. <laughs> As he's literally rubbing his hands together like an evil person. Like, oh, this is definitely going to work in my favor. Well, he probably
I figured, you know, we're a shoo-in for this race anyway, so we may as well get this money one way or another. Alright, now we're gonna go to the talent show. Of course, just before that, we do see Alfalfa pull up in the blur with PD riding shotgun. And now we see Waldo and Darla doing their duet. It's mainly Waldo singing with Darla with... He is wearing a full white tux, and we hear this guy from the audience say, Hey, woohoo! Nice suit, kid! And then we see uh, Darla wearing this red sparkly dress. Makes me think of, like, it's a cocktail dress, and she's a night lounge, uh, you know, one of those lounge singers from, like, the 30s or 40s. Of course, Waldo is singing L-O-V, love, L is for... L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V, v is for very, very extraordinary. And E is for... E is even more than anyone that you adore. Oh, for heaven's sake. This kid is showboating. I like that elderly man with the tinted sunglasses and the blue windbreaker just hanging out like... So, of course, while they're singing, we go backstage and we see Miss Crabtree there and Alfalfa pops up like, hey... Um, I was going to sing a duet with Darla, unfortunately that's changed. Um, it's too late to add me to the rotation. I just see the heartbreak on Alfalfa's face. It's like, oh. He's got one dang line where he, like, kneels, she sits on his knee, and all she says is, take my heart, but please don't break it. Like, oh my gosh. This kid, this song is all about... Just him being a... I'm sorry, I don't like Waldo. He's just... He's superficial, he's fake, he's just a garbage human being. Which will come out a lot. He just... He's being a jerk to Alfalfa. You guys probably already know, I've said this on the Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House, Fuller House podcast, that Blake McIverson who plays Derek, Michelle's friend on Full House, was on Star Search. That's how I first originally saw him, was on Star Search. Or maybe it was after. I swear it was either before or after. It might have been before. Jeremy just came out on the deck, and we have uh, two sliders, one that goes to our family room and one that goes to the room I'm podcasting in. Of course, I'm reviewing this movie, and all of a sudden Jeremy comes out and thinks, boo, he sticks his head right in the sweater window area. I'm like, oh my gosh. I had to pause it. You guys probably would have heard my reaction. <laughs> so it's like, hey, Miss Crabtree, you got room for one more act? She's like, oh yeah. She's looking at her. Yeah, we can fit you in. Squeeze you in here. I'm like, oh, thank you, Miss Crabtree. And she gives her a hug. <gasps> oh my gosh. It's the guy with the female monkey. Like, is that a, I don't know if that's a capuchin monkey or not. I'm not sure. When I think capuchin monkey, I think of um, Monkey Trouble with Thora Birch that came out in, like, 94. All right, well. It's like, Spanky comes up to the other kids, like, hey, your president saved your bacon. I convinced Miss Crabtree to use the money as first place in the go-kart derby. Of course, Stani's so excited, like, hey, just think, in three days, that money is ours. Guess what? Alfalfa left that blur go-kart unattended and we got Butch and Moim coming back to uh, follow up on their plan to steal the go-kart. Oh, yeah, this is to, 
Whenever someone says this, like everything else has may have gone wrong, but something's finally going right. Oh no, he says, but there's no way we can lose the race. And then Benjamin show up to steal the blur. I gotta ask, do these kids ever change their clothes, Butchin Wong? Because they are wearing the same outfits from the beginning of the movie. You can't tell me this movie takes place over the one a period of one day. No, no, no. Just no. Of course, backstage, Waldo comes back to heckle Alfalfa. Like, well, if it isn't falafel. And Alfalfa, who's getting water from a water cooler, is like, my name is Alfalfa. Someone's doing a ventriloquist act. Or that dummy came right out of the 1960s Twilight Zone episode. So, of course... Waldo wants to throw it right in Alfalfa's face. Oh, I hope you didn't miss my duet with Darla. Of course, Alfalfa's like, you call that a duet? Let me tell you what. That was utter garbage. It was not stupendous, you little turd. It was anything but. What is this thing going on? They got the girls with the, uh, the little yellow, canary yellow spangly dresses with the, um, the arm glove things that go all the way past the elbow. And then it's like the sparkly, like, headdress thing with the, like, the poofy feathers on top. Like, they look like, um, I don't know, the rockets look like that? I don't know. Like, something from way back in the day. Oh, he's like, oh yeah, she wasn't bad either. Like, dude, if that's supposed to be your quote-unquote girlfriend, why are you putting her down? So, Alfalfa gets on this old-time microphone. He's singing, oh, my darling, oh, my darling. So, Waldo's still, it's like, dude, get out of here. It's like, what on earth are you doing? And Alfalfa's like, hey, I'm warming, warming up my vocalizer. I'm about ready to get Darla back from his song. She cannot resist my voice. She told me herself. So, go shove it, Waldo. Of course... Alfalfa's warming up his vocalizer, unbeknownst to him, and the cup of water that's sitting on that table, Waldo takes it, and why in the world there is a thing of, like, palm olive dish soap right by it, so he just starts, like, Waldo starts squeezing the liquid in there, like, that could make him sick. I don't think you need to be ingesting that. Barber of Sophil, Figaro, you know, he's just trying out all these different songs and just... What does that say? Cor... It says Corwin. Is that... I don't even think that's a brand. That's nothing I've ever heard of. And Waldo's like, don't you get it? Darla can't stand you. Like, I'm gonna... Oh, backhand that kid. But of course, Miss Crabtree comes back in perfect time and says, Alpha, you're up, buddy. It's your time to shine, little man. So, of course... Alfalfa grabs a glass and says, Darla will love me after I sing to her. Darla can't resist my voice, she said so herself. Of course, here's Alfalfa on stage. All the kids had no idea who was going to be up there. Even Petey's like, what the hell? And <laughs> Alfalfa's like, this is a song about a tragic romance. I once fell in love with a girl. And through schemes and betrayals by my best friend, because he's pretty much... He's, he's calling Spanky out. It's like, I know that shit you pulled, and I'm calling you out right here on stage for everybody to know. She came to think I was nothing more than a He-Man woman hater, but I'm a He-Man woman lover. No, he says I'm a woman lover. 
And Darla just has a look on her face like, don't you, she even says like, please don't say my name, please don't say my name. So, yeah, Elfama's got his glass raised, like, hey, let me raise a toast to the girl I love most in the whole world. He's like, Darla. Oh my god, he doesn't even see the bubbles in this group. <laughs> that thing is like 95% like Corwin dish soap. And you would just think you would immediately, like, this water does not taste like water anymore. And you see Waldo, like, grinning maniacally, like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, he takes a big heaping gulp of it, and you just see his cheeks are just filled with, like, soapy water. And his eyes are just like, what in the heck is in my mouth? I guess I better swallow it. Blah. So the song, The Air That I Breathe, is a ballad written by Albert Hammond and Mike Hazelwood, initially recorded by Albert Hammond on his 1972 album, It Never Rains in Southern California. So yes, this song is just, the lyrics are just really, it's it's kind of a, it almost seems kind of depressing, this song. Oh, So it says, if I could make a wish, I think I'd pass. Can't think of anything I need. No cigarettes, no sleep, no light, no sound. Nothing to eat, no books to read. Making love with you. I'm sure they are. <laughs> they're going to cut that part out of the song. Has left me peaceful, warm, and tired. What more could I ask? There's nothing left to be desired. Peace came upon me, and it leaves me weak. So sleep, silent angel, go to sleep. Sometimes all I need is the air that I breathe and to love you. All I need is the air that I breathe, yes, to love you. All I need is the air that I breathe. Peace came upon me and it leaves me weak. So sleep, silent angel, go to sleep. So really, the only part I'm thinking, that because Alfalfa does mention, no, if I could make a wish, I think I'd pass. Can't think of anything I need. No cigarettes, no sleep, no light, no sound. Nothing to eat, no books to read. This part, of course, is not going to be in this song. He's just gonna, like, sometimes all I need is the air that I breathe and to love you. Basically singing the chorus. But he surely is not going to sing, making love with you has left me peaceful, warm, and tired. What more could I ask? There's nothing left to be desired. Peace came upon me and it leaves me weak, so sleep silent. Silent Angel go to sleep. That is not going to be in this movie. He's not singing that line. This one, I just, I like song meanings, people's interpretations. <laughs> Yet another long song saying, I don't give a damn about all the shit in my life, or your life, or anything. All I need is you and our love. So let's, let's not worry about anything else and just be happy now before we die. Let's see. Some people, I, I thought they were, like, describing, like, this, someone was, um, commenting about the song Creep by Radiohead and saying, oh, if we didn't have this song that Alfalfa singing, we wouldn't have the song Creep by Radiohead. But, alright, here we go. Let's hear this gorgeous song coming out of this kid's mouth. Going on. 
call that one to you. <laughs> the guy's like, hey, stop. <laughs> I'm right by the guy's face. My god, girl, chill out. Yeah, it's like right away he starts singing those bubbles are just coming out of his mouth. And there's this huge one, goes from the audience, and there's this guy up front in the front row that's like wearing sunglasses, which is, why would you wear sunglasses? You're inside a tent. But he's like, he's got his arms like, oh, okay, I gotta buy this big bubble. <laughs> it goes right into his face, and it's just hilarious. Of course, Pinky's like, I'm gonna put that fool out of his misery. Even Miss Crabtree comes around the side of the flap of the tent and is like, what is going on? What's with all this laughter? She just sees all these bubbles just exploding out of Alfalfa's mouth. So luckily, Spanky gets this set design of, like, a crescent moon, manages to pick Alfalfa up by the back of his suspenders, raise him just off his feet, slam him down on his butt, and but he's still going on with the song and singing while all this is going on. And then, of course, he's painting, pointing out to the audience at Darla, like, all I need is the air that I breathe just to love you. And she's like, oh, I hate you, Alfalfa. Like, she's like, I literally hate you. Like, dang, girl, you're like six years old. Those are some strong words pointing at this poor boy. Of course, Alfalfa's walking it off. Spanky and the rest of the kids are like, hey, Mr. Bubbles. That is the most shameless display of she-man. He says she-man woman loving I've ever seen. What in the what? What is a she-man woman loving? I don't, what? Oh, whatever. Oh, maybe because he's like, oh, you're not a man. You're like. A she-man or something. I don't know. So it's really putting him down. Oh, and, and Alfalfa was like, uh, excuse me, don't you dare go there. Like, don't talk to me, you Benedict Arnold, you Judas priest. It's like, this is all your fault. Yeah, you torched the clubhouse and it's all my fault. Like, yeah, I would have brought that list. Like, hmm, look what I found by our torched clubhouse. I know I didn't write this checklist. Spanky, you got something you want to tell me? And of course, Spanky's like, oh, by the way, aren't you supposed to be guarding the go-kart, you Muzak warbling wimp? Hey, relax, you double-crossing mud muncher. Ew. You're like, I parked it right over here. Oh, shit, it's not here anymore. I don't know. It was right here, I swear it was. So he's like, it was right here. And Simon's like, wow, boy, you are messing up left and right. And even... Spanky's like, that's it, you sissified Tweety Bird. I wish I had a club to throw you out of. And everyone's like, yeah, me too. Like, they're really ganging up on Alfalfa. That's not the point of a club, kids. You don't just throw people. Oh, my God, this is horrid. And think about it. At the end, it's a big reveal, of course. Come on. Just judging by Spanky's behavior, you can tell this kid clearly has an issue with his best friend hanging out with someone. It's the classic, my friend's got an, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, what have you, and I'm basically the third wheel. It's like, Spanky can't handle this. I get it that Ophelia's your best friend, but you've got a gaggle of friends, buddy. A gaggle. 
you can't just say, or you can't, I get it, they're seven, and they're like, can't go like, hey, look, alfalfa, I know it's that you and your girlfriend are, you know, spending a lot of time together, I just, I really wish that we could, you know, have some cool guy time, just hang out. Seven-year-olds aren't going to talk like that. They're not going to reason. This is how kids handle stuff, or at least they do back in 1994. Sewage swinging slime ball. It's like, hey, if there still was a club, I'd quit. So they pretty much end their friendship. Like, screw you, screw you, I'm out. And Alfalfa just folds his arms across his chest, turns around, and just walks out. And someone's like, woo, woo. Like, he farts a bubble a literal bubble comes out of his pants that is freaky i love this song it's so beautiful i gotta find out who sings it oh this okay love has no pride it's by roseanne cash oh and you just see because alfalfa is sitting on his front stoop Spanky's dejected sitting on his front stoop, but not only has it affected their friendship, it's it's basically affecting the entire group of kids in this club. They're not hanging out. They're pretty much all just stymies, like tossing a ball of baseball into his glove, and it happens to land right in the trash can right by him. Poor Froggy's just sitting there on his porch, just stroking this adorable little green lizard. And he just looks so sad. All these kids are just, they're so depressed. I love this. We got Porky and Buckwheat are playing checkers by themselves. And so is Elmer. All three of them have three different boards. <laughs> That's so cute. I guess fishing is out because their fishing poles are right there. But now we're going to play checkers. Not together, of course, but just have our own separate boards. Even Petey's depressed. I mean, he's got a bowl of kibble, a plastic bowl of kibble, and he just turns it over like, nah, I, I don't have the stomach to eat right now. I'm too depressed. This thing, I kind of think, like, animals feel empathy, like, when it comes to their owners, you know, feeling these emotions, and dogs can kind of feel that. And it's just when you're upset and you're sad and they can comfort you, or I think that even kind of seeps into the animal's emotions as well. Like, if you're feeling down, they're feeling down. You just see Alfalfa and Spanky just once got, like, the chin in one hand, like, <sighs> Spanky's like, like, basically two hands, like his chin in both his hands, like, <sighs> like they don't, neither of them, yeah, it's all about, like, love has no pride, because they're both prideful, they both, no one wants to make that first move to go and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm sorry, I really, I feel like such a twerp, I really, you, no one wants to admit fault, really, honestly, this whole thing is really Spanky's fault. He let his hurt and his pride get in the way of his friendship, and now it's affecting everyone around him. He's ruining relationships left and right. Alfalfa and Darla's, his and Alfalfa's, and the rest of the kids. Stiney, of course, is the mediator here. He's like, hey, look, why don't you go make up with him, Alfalfa? It's like, hey, you guys have been friends since you were one. It's like, well, he started it. It's like, it doesn't matter who started it. You should finish it. And 
I love how Stymie uses, like, hey, you're a team, like Bert and Ernie. Superman and Clark Kent, even though they're certain person. Millie and Vanilli? Oh, <laughs> I don't know about that reference. <laughs> you even see the look on Spanky's face as he's actually kind of considering, like, thinking, hmm, should I? Like, hey, at least go talk to him. What could it cost? And Spanky's like, besides my dignity and pride, and guys, I'm telling you, I've seen this movie so much, I'm quoting that from my memory. And Stymie, I love, I just, I love the, how he's helping them. Like, you only make a once-in-a-lifetime buddy once-in-a-lifetime. I love the split screen we get here as Spanky and Alfalfa both decide to just stand up, get off their front porch stoops, and decide to throw caution to the wind and go apologize. And they're both kind of crossing each other. Like, they don't see that one's going one way to the other person's house. They're crossing paths but not realizing it. Area, I'm sorry, but it just looks very, very dingy. We see Alfalfa at Spanky's door, like, hey, is Spanky home? Like, hey, I'm sorry, Alfalfa, Spanky isn't here. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Spanky, Alfalfa's not here. And <laughs> it's so funny how the boys' fathers look like older versions of the boys. Alfalfa's father's dressed exactly like him, the same, like, Greased down, you know, padded down hair with the cowlick, the bow tie, the suspenders, the high-waisted pants. Oh, dang it, I missed him. Oh, it's a shame he didn't call first. It looks like they walked a distance. Hey, they managed to make up by that tree, close to where the clubhouse burned down. Oh, it's nice. Spanky and Alfalfa apologize to each other. Like, hey, I'm sorry I called you a this, and... I'm sorry I called you, uh, you know, that. And then Alfalfa's like, I'm sorry I called you a barf-encrusted jumbo jerk. It's like, you didn't call me a barf-encrusted jumbo jerk. Oh, well, I probably just thought it. And Alfalfa's like, hey, I'm sorry about you know, the fire. And Spanky's like, I'm sorry about messing up your picnic with Darla. I think you need to also apologize to Darla, Spanky, because... You know, you didn't just mess up Alfalfa's relationship with Darla. You messed up her relationship with him. Because now she's thinking that she hates him because he's behind all this. And that he's ashamed of her and embarrassed to be seen with her. And Spanky, you know, takes responsibility. Maybe I'm sort of responsible for the fire, too. A little. I'm like, well, I think you're completely responsible. Well, granted, hold up. Spanky was the one who was, you know, they, you know, the kids were all doing that, you know, the pranks going through the list. Alfalfa's the one that decided to light candles in a room made completely of wood and broken things, and light candles on cloth is not, you don't do that. That's very dangerous. That's, you're not supposed to be playing with matches either. I like how Alfalfa's like, look, Spanky, I like girls, okay? It might even get worse. It's like, kid, you have no idea how much worse it's going to get a lot more confusing as you get older. You have no idea. Do you think you don't understand girls right now when you're under the age of 10? You are not even going to come close to understanding them when you're 
like 15, 16 years old. It's going to feel like you both live on a different planet because <laughs> you're so different. So Spanky kind of, you know, he respects how Puffers are saying, like, I know you like girls, I mean, but you, the problem is, I mean, rules is rules. You know, you belong to a club, and that's, like, you know, the main basis, the mission statement of the club is the He-Man woman haters. We don't talk to girls, we don't think about them, we don't care about them, we don't have anything to do with them. Thankfully, Alfalfa brings up a heck of a point. Like, is a girl-hating club really important. I mean, is that really something we should be focusing on? You know, being a club about something you hate, couldn't it just be a club because we like something? Or because we want to hang out together? I mean, come on now. So, Spanky's like, man, without a clubhouse, we don't have a club. And you just see Stymie, Froggy, Porky, Buckwheat, all the kids and Petey all show up. And it's like, no, that's not the truth. Like, you don't necessarily have to have a clubhouse to have a club. Stymie's the one that's like, guys, you burned down a clubhouse, not a club. I mean, we were gathered in, like, the charred remains of what standing of the club. But we're, ba we're basically sitting outside with no walls and no roof. How is that structure still standing after all this time? Oh, God. Does anyone own a basement in California? This is clearly somewhere in California. There are palm trees, people. Go hang out in someone's basement. I mean, this is 94, right? The kids are, like, under the age of 10. Let's just hyper... Okay. Give it another six years. Or eight years. They're going to be, like, 15, 16... I mean, six years, it's going to be the year 2000. They're going to be older. They're going to be playing video games. and This club nonsense, they're going to revert. And not to mention, as you get older, not all those kids are really going to stay tight friends. They're going to go off and they're going to do the things that interest them, which may not interest the other kids. So, yeah, all these kids are just running over this hill. Like, they're like, yeah, a club is like... But he said hang out together. So Alfalfa's like, we don't have a car now for the, you know, the go-kart derby. What are we going to do? It's like, it's impossible. Spring's like, it's, who says it's impossible? All we got to do is build a new car. We'll find the stuff. Maybe it's not going to look as professional looking as the blur because that's been handed out like five generations for five years while most of these children were still in diapers is when the blur came about. Like, all of us working together, pal, that's all the possible we need. Yes, Spanky, thank you. They shake hands, the boys are back, the president and the co-president are back, and the sub-president... Everything's golden. Everything is golden and great. I'm sorry I called you a double-crossing mud launcher and a sewer-swinging slime ball. I'm sorry I called you a sissy fat tweety bird. Sissy Use that warbling lamp. I'm sorry I called you a barf-encrusted jumbo jerk. You didn't call me a barf-encrusted jumbo jerk. Oh, I guess I was just thinking it. I'm sorry about the fire. 
I'm sorry about messing up your picnic lunch with Darla. Maybe I'm sort of responsible for the fire too, a little. You know, Spanky, I like girls. If I ever get worse as I get older. I know you like girls, Faf. The problem is, rules is rules. But is women having the important thing? I mean, couldn't we be a club because we like something? Hmm. Shoot. Aw, they hug. Alright, it's montage time again. The kids are going to develop a new go-kart. I love how they end up using a uh, an Etch-A-Sketch to design it. So, alright, the little rascals, they're on a mission. They are trying to find whatever they can to build this new go-kart. Alfalfa and Spanky end up using something from the washer. Because they come out and it's like their washers just explode because they are covered in soap suds. Ew, they found some old aviator looking goggle glasses and a bunch of other things. It's just kind of fun watching them put it together. So they call it the blur too. They got a garbage canister like Rubbermaid trash bin this is the blur 2 on it they got is a hodgepodge mishmash of so many different things okay so for the go-kart derby they're gonna be five years and under did i hear that right you're not having two-year-olds ride these go-karts you're just not those kids look older than five Granted, because they are. There we go. Look who it is. The next cameo. Reba McIntyre. AJ Ferguson. We'll learn later. Oh, this is kind of cool. Just all these go-karts. One's like a painted red like a ladybug. And it's like a VW bug. There's one that's a boat. Like an actual like rowboat looking thing. There's one that looks like a race car. One that looks like... A truck, on um, of course, the blur, which has been painted steel gray and has the face of a shark on the end. Like, they defaced that beautiful red and white blur go-kart and made it into a shark? That looks like utter garbage. So, the announcer, of course, is like, hey, you, kid in the blue, quit horsing around, you're gonna break your neck. There's like two kids that are wearing blue jean jackets. I'd like to know what kid he's referring to. Oh, Butch and Woim call the blur now. The Beast 2, they've got it, like I said, painted almost like... No, it's not a shark. It's like a skeleton. It's got like a skeleton with a cane and a top hat. Like little decals. One looks like... The face of Skeletor, and it's just like, ugh. Alright, of course we got Waldo and Darla. 
And of course you can tell it's Waldo because it's got a big red W on the front of the go-kart. Of course we got Porky and Buckwheat and they are headed to the race. You need to get your fannies there a little faster kids. The race is almost ready to start. What have you been doing this whole time? These two look like they had the funnest time hanging out together. <laughs> about it it's almost like it's like three different storylines you got alfalfa and spanky and then of course darla you know trio that then you have porky and buckwheat and then you have butch and woim many different facets many different facets oh my goodness he's on a cell phone a 1994 flip phone cell phone and of course waldo's calling his father who Another cameo, Donald Trump, who we all know right now is President Donald Trump. He's like, oh my gosh, Dad, you're going to be so proud of me. I'm going to win this race. This isn't saying anything to Darla. Like, what a jerk. Okay, you okay back there? Because she's not even, she's got her helmet in her lap. She's not wearing her helmet when she really should be wearing it. How has he got such good reception? with This is 1994 flip phone. You're telling me you're getting service out there? I don't think so. There weren't that many cell towers, I don't think, in 94. I mentioned the service is going to be choppy as hell, I'm sure. Like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Not to mention, I mean, the noise that that go-kart's making, you wouldn't be able to hear shit over that thing. And Donald Trump is like, Waldo, you're the best son money can buy. Well, whoever Waldo's father is. I don't know what his name is. Definitely the guy with the long hair mullet right next to Donald Trump lady who's next to Donald Trump on the end? Is that supposed to be Waldo's mother? But then again he says you're the best some money could buy so I'm guessing like he's not like maybe he's adopted or something? I don't know. Oh here we go! It was so big in the 90s. Like the your mama jokes. Like stop it with the your mama jokes. No mama jokes. Oh my god. I just thought of this time in seventh grade when a couple guys were arguing with each other in class about, yo mama's over. And the teacher finally had to go and say, okay, no more mamas. No more mama jokes. Of course, Buckwheat and Porky are walking past the arrow sign and Porky, as he's walking past, just grabs it and just yanks it. So now the arrow's going upward instead of, like, to the right. So we got A.J. Ferguson slash Reba McIntyre telling the kids the arrows are going to show you where to go. And it ends right back here where it started from. All right, we got the racing staff. Miss Crabtree is there, and she's got, of course, the cash prize. Just about 500 bucks in there. She must have counted, I'm sure. Like She's like, just say it's from an anonymous donor. It's like, yep, you got it. We all know it was Spanky. So, of course, Darla's like, Waldo, hurry up. We're going to be late. It's like, pretty much everyone is there. You need to, what the hell have you been doing this whole time? Checking your hair in the mirror? Move your ass. What's with those space suits they're wearing? Like, solar panels, like, you, oh, the, the gray suit. You want to know what they remind me of? If you've seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you know, um, what's her name? Um, who plays Elaine on Seinfeld, Julie Dre Louise Dreyfus. They play annoying, rich, yuppie neighbors of Clark Griswold. They're wearing these suits, because it's 1989, and the suits are made of, like, gray foil. And I swear it's, like, 
those infomercials, like, oh, lose weight by wearing this gray sweatsuit thing that's going to suck the sweat right out of your body or something. I don't know. You can wear it while you're vacuuming the floor and you don't even have an exercise. So Waldo, of course, is going, oh, please, we're making an entrance. Like, oh, fuck you, Waldo. Just sit back, relax, and leave everything to moi. Who says moi? No children say moi. Finally, Darla's like, you are starting to get on my last nerve. You're really, ugh. Like, I made the wrong choice here, clearly, when I picked you over Alfalfa. I know that's what's going on in her head. She doesn't say anything, but she's just like, ugh. Here, I'm just putting on this helmet so I can, uh... Drown out your voice. Just not like nails on a chalkboard. And of course, Alfalfa and Spanky, they're hanging out waiting. That wooden chair, that kitchen wooden chair that they got for Alfalfa to sit in, that's going to hurt your ass. You got padding on that thing? They even have a fan back there for, uh, oh, and a tiki torch. Just all the fun stuff they got. It's just a gaggle of, like, interesting things. Like, oh, there's that. There's something else I just noticed, too. Things like, I don't know, but I can't wait to meet him. So they've only heard of the name A.J. Ferguson. Like I said, don't know who he or she looks like, but they just assume, oh, it's a male. It's a guy. No girl's going to be doing any go-kart racing. Mr. Johnson, nice of you to join us. Because it's like, all right, fasten your seatbelts. We're about ready to take off. The last car is finally in position. Oh my gosh, they had to wait for his ass? Really? Ugh. So Spanky, of course, is going to dish. He's going to definitely dish out some dirt. Or not dirt. I'm sorry. He's going to he's gonna give Waldo a piece of his mind, basically. Well, look who decided to show up. All the money in the world is no substitute for hard work and ingenuity. Of course, Waldo is like, you lead a rich fantasy life. Shut up, Waldo. I hate you. I love how Spanky doesn't know he's being insulted. Like, Thank you. <laughs> oh, Alfalfa's got the hanky that Darla gave him. And he Alfalfa says, this is Darla's handkerchief. All great knights ride into bed. They're in the colors of their lady fair. Aw, that's adorable. I love how when she hears that Alfalfa has her handkerchief, she lifts up her helmet just enough and smiles. Like, yeah, that's your true guy right there, girl. That is your true guy, your true love. And I love how like, I'm not hearing this. I'm not hearing this. Oh, Alfalfa ties it to the bowling trophy that's at the uh, end of the go-kart. Buckwheat and Porky finally show up right after Waldo pulls in. Like, hey, look, my mom's here. And then when Porky's like, whoopee, <laughs> we see it's Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> There's another cameo for you. She's doing the high sign, too. <laughs> hey, who told her the high sign? Get the high sign back at her. That's so adorable. All right, the first racer to reach the finish line will receive this genuine gold-plated cubic zirconium encrusted trophy. Wow, that is a mouthful. And I only said that because I have the subtitles on. Thank God for subtitles. Thank you. And some cash prize money. Woohoo! these people that are surrounding this table where Reba McIntyre is. As well as the prize of $500. Woohoo! 
$200 could buy quite a bit in 94. Well, the cheering goes up for that, and of course you see Spanky like, mm-hmm, yeah, I know where that money came from. That was all here. <laughs> One of the vehicles says Storm and Norman. Oh, there's another. Oh, that is so cool looking. There's this one that's also homemade that's got like a trunk. I can't tell what that name is that's written in white on this black trunk at the front of this uh, one kid who's, I think, behind Butch and Roym. And they got like a red cooler on the back of it. Oh, it's just really cool. A kid is like in that vehicle. It's like reclined back, like whatever he's using. Like that's got to be so comfy. All right, here we go. Starting the engines. We're taking off. Race is starting. It's begun. That one car that I mentioned that's got the tr the black trunk with the white lettering says Patty Eraser. Oh, that's cool. There's one that looks like a tank. That's interesting. I love all these, so many creations of go-karts. You know what um, Waldo's go-kart reminds me of in the Simpsons episode Days of Thunder? Or, or was it Saturdays of Thunder? Um, where Martin makes a racer that's shaped like a a uh, space rocket racer, whatever. So of course Butch and Wayne want to eliminate the competition, so they take one kid out with spraying silly string out the back of their vehicle. So of course Spanky is like, hey, you two stole our racers. Like, finders, keepers, losers suck. And Alfalfa's like, bite me. Ah, the 90s and the slang cock. Who, who didn't say bite me back in the 90s? Or go suck it or whatever, I don't know. Of course, Darla's like, Waldo, I think we have to turn here, because that's what all the other kids are doing. It's like, Waldo's like, girls, they have no sense of direction. Dude, you know, you're really starting to get on my nerves. What he's just now starting to. So because Porky had played with that arrow that's pointing upward, the kids aren't supposed to be coming back this way just yet. And, of course, this go-kart derby official... It's like, everybody's kids. Oh no, actually he turns the sign so it's the correct way. Okay, gotcha. So it's pretty much Alfalfa Spanky, Butch and Woim and Waldo and Darla. We're going through a parking lot? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh! Spanky and Alfalfa are going right down a sidewalk of the entrance of this grocery store. And everyone's like at groceries and like, ah, I'm gonna get run over. People are just flying through the air like this old man with a can. It's so comical. Of course, we get the name of the moment. You little rascals. Uh -huh. Basically, it looks like just the three of them are in the race now. So Waldo's like, all right, we got to lose these losers. It's, what does he say? Atomic batteries to power. And he hits something called turbines. So pretty much flames start coming out of the back of Waldo's rocket go-kart and smoke is just getting all over these kids like <laughs> major exhaust here oh, that's right that was one of the things they put on there was the spin rinse part of the washer that's causing the kids go-kart to spin around so butch and Woim have souped up their beast too with rocket boosters that are basically just fireworks attached to the sides emitting sparks but they're going backwards. <laughs> well, I guess they're out of the race. All right, here we go. Catching up with Waldo and Darla. Are you insane, kid? Waldo's got, like, little, like, knife things protruding out of his tires. 
and it's doing damage to Spanky and Alfalfa's go-kart. What? That should be illegal. That should not be allowed. But then again, they're so far off track. So, turns out, yeah, while it's doing damage, it really shoves Alfalfa and Spanky off course now. And Darla finally is like, hey, you could have killed them. And... Waldo's like, just forget about that soap-sucking nincompoop. And of course, Darla's pissed. She's like, so you're responsible for the bubbles at the talent show. He actually smacks the back of his shoulder. You piece of shit. I've never seen you. He's like, pull over right now. I'm not finishing this race with you. He's like, fine by me. He's like, you got it, babe. Now get out. <laughs> we got Spanky looking at some type of a crinkled map, like, where in the tarnation are we? I have no idea either. Somewhere in some neighborhood. The race is probably over for all I know. God, they should have been back by now. Send out a search party. Of course, we go back and we see that, uh, looks like Darla's been left behind and Waldo takes off. Like, they're back in the race. Apparently, Butch and Warren are back in the race, too, along with the other kids. What is that kid doing with dynamite? My god! Butch is like, oh, this will fix something. And then the dynamite gets stuck on the trophy, which is emitting smoke in Elfelva's face. And he's trying to dislodge it. So, luckily for them, Darla helps them out by using a fire extinguisher that's in her go-kart. Oh, I already ruined it, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. Although they think it's Waldo that's actually helping them, which, no, it's not. Carla's hanky hits Elfelfa in the face, temporarily blinding him. Of course, he uses this time, while they're still in the race, to reattach it to the bowling trophy. Of course, they're coming down the pike here to the end of the race. Elfelfa's trying to hold on for dear life. While he's trying to reattach Darla's hanky to this trophy. And he's like, oh my feet, Spanky! Manages to get it on to the trophy. But he, of course, isn't going to be able to get back into his seat. Because the, his go-kart is traveling at very high speed. So he's like, ah! Alright, and guess who wins? Because they take a picture and it's Alfalfa by a hair. His colic was sticking up through his helmet. I love movies. She's like, winner by hair. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's cheering. Like, sweet. So the kids all run out onto the um, pavement and congratulate Elf. Like, hey, you guys did it. You won. Like, we did it. All of us. All of us. All right, gentlemen. Let's give Elf Alpha a big spolioli. 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 And of course, Elf Alpha is like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Taking bows. He's right in front of the uh, pig pig exhibit, and here come Butch and Warren. Like, oh my gosh, we stole your racer. We went into so much trouble, and you still beat us. Like, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be, dicks. Ugh, stupid kids. I don't like Butch and Warren. I don't like them. They deserve what they get here. I'm sorry, but um, I gotta say, the kid who plays Butch, he really, he needs some dental work. <laughs> Granted, they're all kids that their teeth are going at different faces and stuff, but still, it's like, boy, you need to do something. The kid who plays Butch is just, his expressions are just hammy and ridiculous and just, they're over the top. Who is this kid who's dressed like Al Capone, one of the little rascals, with one of those fedora hats, a blue suit, with a, a red tie, and it's just like, what? 
You're gonna embrace yourself. He's not really gonna kick your butt. Like, I will kick your butt, kid. So, Alfalfa's like, hey, I'm usually a lover, not a fire fighter, but in this case, I'm really ready to make the, uh, an exception to that rule. Pounds him right in the face. The kid goes back. And it's funny how these boards are like paper. Because they split right in half. For a split second, it looks like Alfalfa's got like stretch Armstrong arms the way he's like... My goodness. A butch lands right in that pile of pig shit. Pig pucky? You mean pig shit? Yeah. And Elfoma's about ready to do the same to Woim, but luckily Woim's smart enough to just dive right into the pig shit himself. And Spanky's like, hey, here, there's a guy who risks his neck for us. Because Spanky decides to give him a membership to their He-Man Woman Haters Club. And the whole time, Alfalfa's like, uh, Spanky about him. I'm like, that's not Waldo. Do you know who you're extending a membership to? I'm like, hey, this kid's quite a quite a guy here. And Alfalfa's like, oh, darn it. I'm like, hey, us machismo types have a club, a He-Man Woman Haters Club, and we'd like to extend the invitation for you to join. And I love how Alfalfa's, like, trying to, like, pet Spanky's arm. Like, hey, um, about this guy... Because you can definitely tell this person is shorter than Waldo. I feel like like, that's not Waldo as he points. And then we see Waldo. You'll be hearing from my lawyers. Oh, go fly a kite, kid. And Spanky's like, well, who's this guy who saved our butts? It's like, yep, it's Darla. <laughs> what? Hi, guys. What's up? A girl. Oh, he fainted. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Spanky. Oh, don't that beat all. <laughs> Alright, so we got the trophy given to Alfalfa, and we got the $500 given to Spanky. Let me just say here that Spanky, of course, is upset. Like, oh, I was really hope like, like, oh, what's with the long face, sweetheart? It's like, oh, well, I was kind of hoping that AJ Ferguson would give us the trophy. And she's like, well, today's your lucky day, because that's exactly who I am. And everyone's just like, what? A girl racer? No way. And now it gives me great pleasure to present <laughs> this beautiful trophy and the prize money to Alfalfa Spencer and Spanky McFarland. <laughs> She is actually AJ Ferguson. And Spanky is like too in love because she kisses him. He's like, oh, what? And he's like, hey, why don't we uh, even things up on the 
side and she kisses him on the other cheek. I love the audience laughing. <laughs> the boys are welcome back. They got the trophy. They got the 500 bucks. And Darla comes up along with her other friend, her, her female besties, her BFFs. Like, oh, I saw what you did to save my hanky, Alfalfa. That was awfully romantical. And, of course, Alfalfa's like, well, gee, thanks, but I thought you hated me. And she's like, oh, no, I didn't hate you. I just hated all that stuff that you, tricks you pulled on me. So, finally, Spanky is the one to finally come clean and say, oh, well, that actually wasn't Alfalfa. That was me. I'm sorry to both of you. I really thought you were trying to steal my best friend. Welcome, I like that. his ears it's so adorable and they hug and everything is right I see they rebuilt the clubhouse with their $500 got the lumber all that good stuff and of course it says he-man woman haters club but underneath that it says women welcome and everyone's got a female counterpart now well froggy does you got porky's got a girl we got of course Darla and alfalfa we got raven simone with stymie it's just so, uh, Elmer's got that, you know, female capuchin monkey. Even Aha's got a girl. And Spank's like, hey, have we betrayed our forefathers, you know, and the women-hating men, that he-man woman-hating men who have come before us? And Aha's like, uh-uh. And everyone just stops what they're doing, jaws on the floor, like, what? Hey, Aha, learned a new word. And, of course, <laughs> Alma stands up and is like, oh, well, I've actually had a pretty good grasp, you know, with, with grammar and syntax and everything like that. An extensive vocabulary. I just chose never to employ them. Like, oh, Tay, whatever you say there, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and Spanky's like, I guess, well, I guess things just have to change sometimes. And that is the movie. I guess. 
I love how Petey just rolls his eyes like, oh my gosh. Then we get the awesome bloopers that happen. You get to see all the kids mess up on their line. Even uh, the kid who plays Spanky, Travis Hedwards, like, what's my line? I had a neighbor kid um, who rode my bus who looked like an older version of Travis Hedford. Well, the song, You Must Have Been a Beautiful Baby, plays and it's just cute. We get to see all the bloopers. The kid who plays Diamond, huh, what? <laughs> but yeah, we see Travis Tedford, Kevin Jamal Woods, I think, as Timey. We got Jordan Warkle as Froggy. This <laughs> one's adorable with Porky. Because he's like, all right, let's start over again. He's like, he starts to hiccup. He's like, I don't want to. <laughs> so you don't want to? No. irritated with these children like what are you doing <laughs> go lady chill out they're children you wanted to make this movie you're gonna be working with kids you're not having adults play little rascals <laughs> that was ross bagley who plays buckwheat and you see like the failed attempts at buckwheat and porky to slap high five they keep missing each other we see Cortland mead who plays uh-huh sticking a pencil in his nose <laughs> oh the kids who play butch and wine just in that pile of pig shit and then of course when they're going through that automotive painting company and they're just in blue paint Oh yeah, and doused with pickles and the pickle juice. Sam Saletta is Butch and Blake Jeremy Collins is Wayne. Of course, we have Blake McIverson. Oh wait, no, not McIverson. I'm sorry, Blake McIver Ewig as Waldo. We got Darla's friends as Marianne and Jane. Okay, I, I, I remember Jane, but I wasn't sure whether it was a curly Shirley Temple kid or the reddish brown haired kid. Okay, so here we do have Brittany playing Darla, and she is the one that the director really gets after for looking into the camera, because she keeps, like, stopping halfway through her lines when she's lo like, stop looking at the camera, Brittany, stop looking, Brittany, stop looking at the camera. And of course we have Bug Hall with the, like his eyes like so wide and surprised. You can definitely tell in this one scene when he's doing whatever with his ear like I wanted my ear up or something. And you can tell like whatever whether it's black hair dye or what or whatever they use probably not black hair dye you can see his reddish 
blonde, strawberry blonde hair kind of seeping through that, like when he bent his head down. He's an ear wiggler, all right. Elmer as himself. Petey as himself. Of course, we had to get the special guest appearances. Here comes Donald Trump, and the lady that's sitting next to him has popcorn. He, like, takes a bite of it. <laughs> Her popcorn bag. Then we have Reba McIntyre. <laughs> we got George Went, of course, lumber yard clerk. We got the Olsen twins. Everyone's gonna get their own little blooper. <laughs> oh, here we go back to Donald Trump who's spitting out that piece of popcorn. It's like, there's someone right in front of you on the stand. You just spit popcorn right over their shoulder. It's like, oh, that is bad popcorn. I'm like, well, no, it's trying to hit it, ain't it? Oh, Leah Thompson. She's an early attire. She's kind of clapping, trying to get the kids, like, to uh, straighten up and not at act out. Daryl Hannah with the bubbles. Mel Brooks. <laughs> the banker. Raven Simone. Donald Trump like, oh, you tell me when? Oh, we're not going yet? Okay. <laughs> Go back to Reba McIntyre talking about the race and the, how it's marked off with the arrows. We got Whoopi Goldberg and the boy who plays Buckwheat. Like, okay. <laughs> Alright, that was The Little Rascals. I hope you all enjoyed it. I had such a fun time with this movie. I do with all the movies I cover, and I, I hope you guys get a kick out of them too, because this is just, it's so fun for me. A lot of times you probably can tell that I don't cover a movie in one sitting in a day. I'll come back, like, over a course of a day or another day, and it's just, it's fun how I, like, pick things up, but then I... Just all the things I think of and all that stuff and while well, the movie's playing. It's, it's just, it's such a fun event for me. It's just, it's just, like I said, I haven't watched this in quite a, probably maybe over 10 years. It's been quite a while, but I, I loved covering this movie for you guys, so... Alright, so next up, more than likely, I think I'm going to do The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lowen, as per requested by podcast listener Nicole. Have a great weekend, everybody. Well, actually, technically wait, because this will be released on Sunday. Bye-bye, everyone.